Hey, Bubblers, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's that little old podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your broody host, Jen. And today, Laura and Eric join me in the pod cave as we, three of the world's greatest show talkers, take on the world's greatest detective, the defender of Gotham, the Dark Knight, the Batman. That's right. We're taking on all of them. Hello, Laura. Hello, Eric. Hello. I'm also good. wearing a mask that's pinching my face, so I don't know why I need to have that on for audio, but <laughs> it was for our entertainment because when you're holding up your piece of paper, all we could see were bat ears. And I I'm really proud of myself for not laughing. <laughs> well, I did laugh, but I do appreciate the uh just how much you put into it and how much effort you you just by putting on a mask for a show that's gonna just be a audio recording. I love it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm very dedicated to the craft. Uh, <laughs> you're, a, you're a master of your craft. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, mm-hmm. so today we are taking on the Batmans um, and we're going to focus primarily on the live action versions and the actor's portrayal of the broody one. So we may end up spoiling a few of the movies. I'll have those movies in the episode description, but it, it's Batman folks so spoilers for batman <laughs> yeah where have you been living under a rock oh my god when you said okay. batmen though the batmens for some reason that made me think of robin hood men in tights except with batman men. No. Manly men batly men i love it but we will try and do a shout out to some of the voice actors as well because originally this idea was just kind of all encompassing of the batmens that got to be a lot so <laughs> to try and yeah. save time and my sanity for editing, we'll focus primarily right. live action. Fair enough. It's impossible to like watch all the Batman unless you have like months to dedicate just to that. Yes. And especially like because of the animated series, you know, especially the, uh, the Batman, the animated series, it's like how many seasons and granted there's like short episodes, but it's a lot. And I mean, we went through and watched a lot of the uh, Batman animated movies because my oldest went down a a DC Batman rabbit hole and we watched them all (laughs) like months ago. Interesting. I think, you know, they weren't discussion, though, because you mentioned that Batman is known as the world's greatest detective, (laughs) Sherlock Holmes. Um, (laughs) But movie batman don't do a lot of detectiving detecting i don't know <laughs> they just don't that is true it's so you're not thinking any of the movies that, so you don't really get much of a detective vibe from any of the batman movies like not even the later ones no no they're like okay. action broody action movies i'm depressed as a billionaire so i moonlight as batman to make <laughs> myself feel better oh uh, yeah oh yeah well that's definitely that's definitely a thing but you got to keep in mind, though, I mean, Batman is, you know, Batman's been a character that has been around for generations, you know, I mean, what we see on screen isn't necessarily what we get from Batman's history. I mean, Batman debuted in 1939. Okay, that's when he first came into pop culture, you know, and just 
we are we have thousands and thousands of comic books to that we could go through through different types of comics where we actually see him becoming this world's greatest detective that he is most famously known of. Now I do agree Sherlock Holmes will probably give him a run for for his money. And if you've ever seen the epic rap battle, epic rap battles in history of Batman versus Sherlock Holmes, it's absolutely amazing. And Sherlock schools him, but as he should. As he should. And now granted, Sherlock Holmes has <laughs> been around longer than Batman. But still, um, I, I, I don't like, I, I will always consider the Bat as the world's greatest detective in my eyes, just as a comic book fan, as a comic book reader. Um, and, you know, it's just, he's the Bat, dude. He's you know what? It's like movie Batman is like, if Inspector Gadget wasn't a klutz. <laughs> like, if he was dark and broody and it wasn't a klutz. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that before. What, what a comparison. That's... I love it. Not uh, not, not bad. It's fair. It's not outside the realm of, you know, possibility. I get. I see it. You know. I mean, Robin would be the equivalent to Penny, um, maybe. <laughs> or the dog. Know. I'm not sure. Brain. Or the dog. Yeah. Jeez. I don't know. Maybe maybe Penny would be more Alfred, and then the and then Brain the dog would be more Robin. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because Penny yeah, kind yeah, of always works. was like kind of always had her head on her shoulders, knew that Penny. to do not to run into a situation. Pennyworth, Penny Pennyworth. Oh, yeah. Coincidence? See, I think I've Probably. just stumbled on a, on a plausible Probably. conspiracy theory here. <laughs> I like That's plausible cons- conspiracy theory. So, all right. So, yeah, we're just going to get right into it. We're going to start with uh, live action uh, Batmans. And just a quick shout out to uh, Lewis, Lewis G. Wilson who was the first on-screen Batman in a 1943 serial movie called like the Batman or something. I can't remember. Uh, I sent you guys a little clip of it, which was fucking hilarious. I, know, I don't know. I watched it. I don't know I, if it was oh. supposed to be funny, but it was hysterical to me. I, I assumed so it was supposed to be funny. So it seemed like they were taking it pretty seriously, though. It seemed like it was supposed to be oh. like a legit detective story, oh. from what I was getting from it. But keep in mind, you're working with actors from the ni- 1940s. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, <sighs> portraying a superhero on film isn't exactly something that is known at the time. You know, so how do you portray a guy in tights with spiky bat ears? You know, did and you so- laugh when he climbed out of the window? Yes, and, and got stuck on I the did. blinds. Yes. And then just, just turned around and stood on the windowsill facing the blind. What I found to be the funniest part, actually, is when Robin knocked that guy through the sunroof, uh, the sky, you know, the skylight, and then he fell down. But instead of, you know, just landing on his feet, he like landed on his back and he mm-hmm. busted his shit. Yeah, you know, I, that looked I, like it that hurt. Did not look, that did not look planned. Not I know, at all. and it was funny. It was hilarious. So <laughs> there's clips on YouTube. Definitely give it a, a Google if you're interested and haven't seen them. Lewis G. Wilson. Uh, did you even know about this prior to this rabbit hole? Because I didn't know. I thought Adam West was like the first live action Batman. I, I got, so I got, I saw a link. I did a Google and I got, I went to the link, uh, Den of Geek. And it was the actors who have played Batman. So that's where I saw Lewis G. Wilson listed and then Adam West. But then in um, reading some of the IMDb trivia for some of the Batman movie, Batman movies, they na- they mentioned someone else that portrayed Batman on screen even before Lewis. So I didn't write it down. I didn't have time to look that up because 
That might have been the last thing I read last night before I fell asleep watching Batman versus Superman. It's appropriate that you fell asleep watching that movie. I'm a, I'm amazed I made it as far as I did before I fell asleep. I was trying real hard because man, yeah, Wonder and Woman was the breath of fresh air in that movie. Well, breath of, hey, breath of fresh air. We'll we'll get we'll get to Batfleck, and I was thinking <laughs> earlier today because I we we finished watching it, and. I, uh, I'm all I could think was like, man, we could do an entire episode picking this fucking movie apart. We could do like a, a watch party with this movie because Timmy and I are sitting there cracking wise and everything to all the <laughs> random ass shit and all the things that don't make sense. But I'm like, no, can't focus on the movie. Got to focus on the actor's portrayal of these characters. So, but well, I'm sure we'll poop on Batman versus Superman a bit when we get there. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. No. <laughs> so, nope. so my oh, spoiler is, is Martha. That's it. Everyone That's knows. Need to know. Right. Oh right. God. Anyways. So yeah. So Lewis G. Wilson, shout out to the original on-screen Batman or one of the original. So from there we get uh, Adam West and playing Batman, uh, Burt Ward as Robin, and then Alan Napier as Alfred. Um, we also had talked about originally that this episode was going to be Batman and Alfred because you can't really have Batman without Alfred. No, but no. I, I just feel like the Batman as parts are going to take up a lot of time. But I still wrote down the actors' names that have portrayed the different Alfreds because I still have thoughts on a few of them. So we'll get right into the Adam West uh, Batman of the '60s and '70s, and I kind of remember growing up like the catching the old reruns and everything. So I remember, I remember cheesy Batman. I remember the movie, uh, Batman, the movie. We just watched that like earlier this week. And so the scene where he's running around for like 10 minutes with a fucking bomb just cracks me up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it was one of those old, old school looking bombs, big round ball, you know, had a book out of the end of it, you know, very cartoony. it was great though it was yeah. great and that's that that I, that was appropriate for the times and also i think just that adam west brought something to the character of batman that up to that point obviously had never been seen just because we're dealing with 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 uh the old detective comic books and with i don't even know if the batman series was i mean it was a batman there was a batman comic at that time i just don't know how deep into the series they were when the adam west books came out but i think when that show came out it gave I think that's when it finally gave kids of that generation a hero. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, A hero that their parents could actually visually get an idea of what their kids are reading in comics. Because back then, you know, you had to use, you use your imagination in the pictures on the pages to get an idea of what, who these characters were, what they looked like and things like that. And parents back then probably didn't give a shit about that, you know, but now you have a show. Was he as campy in the comics at that point? as he was in the show i don't think so i think it was more it, 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 the comics were still pretty serious i mean they were detective books essentially i mean he solved crimes but at the same time he fought villains you know and yeah it, it was like a lot of the rogue gallery that we're used to joker penguin two-face catwoman things like that but you know we saw him in the books solving crimes figure out starting from point a getting to point b and how did he get from those points we saw a lot of that in the old comic books even in the comics today but the adam west series 
didn't focus, I feel like, so much on the detectiveness. Like it, it did, but it was it was more cheesy, you know. Yep. Like yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, who doesn't want about who? Who doesn't want a, a bottle of bat shark, bat shark repellent? You know, that, <laughs> for in case of emergencies. You know. Oh God, that was so funny. And the best yeah. part about like in the Batman movie is, it's <laughs> in the in the bat copter, which is just hilarious looking. Uh, it isn't oh, just it like. Great. It wasn't just like one can of like the shark spray because I think that was from like an actual episode. But in the Batcopter in the movie, it's like a whole little shelf of different aquatic <laughs> sprays. I think different animals. Yeah, see, I told you he's a, he's a darker Inspector Gadget, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think Adam's Adam West's Batman and Inspector Gadget are probably almost on the same wavelength with each other. So I know he could have just as easily done that. You're right. But you know what Adam West Batman was really good at doing? Watching this in hindsight, it was effortlessly, both inappropriately and appropriately flirting with Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Like oh. it was inappropriate, and you totally knew that if you knew. But if you didn't, you had no clue. It was so far mm-hmm. over your head. Well, when you watch it now as an adult, you know you definitely get a different perspective of it because yeah if there were if there was so much sexual tension between him and him and uh catwoman and what what was her name in the movie miss kitka or something yeah, like yeah. that uh, yeah something like that yeah. yeah oh my gosh just like him like sitting there in the car just like a mat just like thinking about her hearing that music playing and it's just like and that's the thing that's great i love that that has always been a thing like mm-hmm. it goes as far back as the characters go you know there's just always that weird vibe between them like the will the will they won't they kind of thing you know mm-hmm. but also right and right versus wrong uh, because of who what they each represent yeah i i just love the way that they portrayed batman's relationships with these characters back in the old series and even in the movie um i don't remember a lot about the series um i did watch it when i was a kid but i was so freaking young mm-hmm. um i really don't recall too much of it but the movie i've seen probably like over a, maybe 20 times you know yeah. so that sticks out with me pretty well what i recall from it was a lot of like cheesy puzzle solving somewhat respectful almost luxury dialogue between Batman and the villains like he'd try to school them on what was the right thing to do mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. it's like it's like schoolhouse rock almost the way that it did that it just wasn't very musical about it but sure and then a lot of like really awkward climbing of buildings that's yes. just like I remember there was a lot of that going on and then the puns you know Robin with mm-hmm. his like holy whatever Batmans and then the the pows and the whams and the whacks yes. oh classic stuff oh yeah i mean that's great that's one thing i think i miss about um the campier batman stories it's just like (laughs) you got to remember these characters they're just characters and sometimes they don't have to be taken so seriously you know christian bale and ben affleck you know (laughs) you just want to have fun with these characters and you know the boof and it wouldn't even be like bams and pows it would be like splunks yes like they just throw random letters to work together and they form some sort of fucking knockout word yeah as long as it's an onomatopoeia it's in there yes (laughs) yes absolutely but you mentioned alan napier the gentleman who played uh uh uh, alfred in the series you know he was great too i don't remember a lot about his character too much but i i always remember that he's just like i always remember walking around with a tray in his hand very butlery very butlery like more butlery than what we're used to seeing now yes you know so even when uh uh what's his name michael go 
took over, mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, in the eighties, um, Michael Goh was even kind of more involved as an actual assistant to Batman as Alan Napier, whereas like Alan Napier knew what, who Bruce Wayne was, but didn't really seem too involved. Yeah. Not, not that I remember, but I don't know. That's the thing. He's not memorable for me. I'm trying to remember Alfred's role in the series and I just can't. Like I remember I remember Adam West talking at him, but I don't remember anything about their conversations beyond that. But then yeah. you you'd think about like Michael Go, like you said, or even Batman the animated series. That's when I cared about Alfred. Mm -hmm. Oh sure. Sure, I feel sure, like sure. with the with the Adam West Batman, maybe we didn't get so much Alfred because he had Robin. So Robin kind of filled in, played played maybe a bit a uh, double role there, where Batman Bruce Wayne wasn't quite as like yeah, Alfred was just there to Butler to have a tray of tea and cookies or whatever, and more more that role than that kind of confidant and you know guy in the chair like we've come to know Alfred to be in in the later movies too right, so right. but i i agree i don't recall because i didn't watch any of the uh the original series for this i just watched the movie and yeah even in the movie i vaguely remember he just doesn't stand out so it is kind of yeah. nice to see that over the years with batman that even alfred's given a little bit more and his character's kind of developed and fleshed out on screen yeah you know, I wish I could have done a little more. I would have done a little more research about, you know, Alfred's impact on Batman and the Wayne family in general over the course of his actual lifetime as a comic book character, because Alfred actually premiered back in uh, 1943 in hmm. Batman number 16. That's when he first made that's when he made his first appearance. And so it's not like Alfred has always just been like this this kind of like side character, you know, um, he's been around for ju almost just as long as Batman has. Um, and over the years, as the time, as time's gone on, his role as Batman's butler has become more serious. He's not just a butler anymore. You know, now he's a pivotal part of Bruce Wayne's team. He is the, that's entourage right there, basically. Sorry, I was just picturing them in the guise of the show entourage. <laughs> 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 it's <great>. uh... <laughs> Poor choice of words on my end, but. <laughs> but no, Batman. I mean, as we see now, you know, whenever there's anything new with Batman, whether it's an animated show, it's a live action movie, you know, whatever, there's going to be Alfred, and Alfred is going to play a big role in Batman's life. He's involved. He's directly involved in everything that's going on. He helps him, you know, mm -hmm. while at the same time serving him tea, you mm -hmm. know. So, and he, he's incredibly loyal to the Wayne family and to the Wayne name. I mean, he has. I mean, he served under 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 Bruce's parents for who knows how long, and that type of loyalty is something that can't be bought, right. and you got to respect that because he does it. He's loyal out of love, and you know what I love about what from what I know about the character is that he would die for Bruce, and he actually in the comic books has done it technically. So yeah, Alfred love the guy love the guy good guy alfred everyone needs an alfred <laughs> everyone needs an alfred why isn't that name more popular that's an old guy name old timey name it needs a resurgence like all right well we'll go ahead and move on to uh the batman i grew up with and i'm sure you guys as well since we're all about the same age uh michael keaton in the uh, uh tim burton 
Batman's Batman. Yes. Where yes. we go from that cartoony and campy, fun, family friendly, filled with life lessons and do's and don'ts to Tim Burton. <laughs> yes, to that Tim was Burton. a shock for me as a kid because yeah. I, you know, walked into those movies, you know, with a certain idea of who I thought Batman was as a kid. And just as importantly, who I thought the villains were as a kid. Now, I know we don't see the Penguin until the next Tim Burton Batman movie, um, not the first one. But oh my God, when Danny DeVito's Penguin came on screen, I was like, this is so wrong. What happened to him? Oh my God. Oh, he was a great, great penguin. So yeah. What do you guys think about, cause as we go down the list, you know, we've got, you know, we'll hit up Clooney, you know, Kilmer and Clooney oh, definitely God, like the cartoon. Yes. <laughs> I sat through them. Most of Clooney's, but <laughs> I applaud I you for that. All of it. I sat through Why? Every- why because he's good at his homework he understood the assignment laura i had to do this i want an a i want an a laura yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) laura's all about that self-care first (laughs) i'll I'll take my b for batman and go on (laughs) well i'll take my a for alfred okay oh Oh, c for zod no wait shit Um, (laughs) c for for catwoman there you go duck oh my god how does the alphabet work? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I wanted to. <laughs> I enjoyed. I mean, I was a kid, and it was. I liked the dark. I was maybe about like getting close to like my goth phase. So oh. you know, I remember my goth phase. I loved it. Dark. See, I was still a little kid. I liked it. I was just shocked. Yeah, because yeah, it was such a turn from such kind of like a, that left turn from campy and cartoony so how do you guys prefer your batman cartoony or dark and gritty uh my preference is kevin conroy's batman from batman the animated series so animated because he was (laughs) well yes but no he's not like animated like over the top campy like adam west it's kind of like the it's kind of right in the middle though I mean, yeah. there, there's a there's a noir darkness to it, but at the same time, you know, there's he has human moments. Like if there were things that if you were to stumble upon as a person just living in Gotham, you'd be shocked to see like the first time he sees that puppet villain guy that I can never remember the name of. He's like he, the expression on his face is a perfectly animated what's the, what the fuck <laughs> like mm-hmm. i love that but he's also he's also dark and broody and tough when he needs to be but you know what comes first in that cartoon is his detective skills they're mm-hmm. always featured i loved that and you know michael keaton didn't strike me as like the world's greatest no. detective but what he did do really well i think that i think he has done better than any of the other live action batmans was bruce wayne sure Oh, I can respect that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I kind of agree with you, actually, probably almost completely there. Um, I didn't actually even think about that until you said it, because originally I probably would have said more broody just because I just kind of, I mean, I, I'm into cartoony characters. I read a lot of books and watch a lot of shows about kind of like more off the wall characters, you know, Doom Patrol, for instance. But Kevin Conroy, not even so much just him bringing the voice to Batman, but I think the way that he 
brought Batman to life in the animated series um, with just his different mannerisms and just how he uh, just made you believe that this animated character was, even though he was this rich playboy billionaire, he was still kind of a little relatable. He was kind of clumsy, but he was also very serious at times. And like you said, Laura, this was the best portrayal. The show was the best portrayal of him being the world's greatest detective because I feel like in a show like that, where that run that's over a hundred episodes long, the showrunners have time to develop that, you know, to show you over a hundred plus, um, probably a. Uh, well, how long is the episode? It's probably about 25 minutes, something like that. I so. can tell you that I am mm-hmm. currently on season one, episode 55, and there's so many more to go. <laughs> um, season one is a season one, season, season one's a bitch. It's a bitch oh, to get through. But you know, I and loved it. There's a lot it. of filler episodes in there, though. <laughs> I loved it because, like, it has all of that, but it also perfectly balances his Batman reputation his Bruce Wayne reputation and his uh-huh. his humanity underneath like he doesn't lose that mm-hmm. ever and with Michael Keaton's Batman at least in the first movie anyway it it felt like it felt like he was more Bruce Wayne than Batman and that his yeah. motivations for Batman were still entirely emotionally driven like vengeance driven and everything right rather, right. rather than him being out there for the greater good and picking up where the police well Batman, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman was anything. all about just getting to the bad guy beating the bad guy up and then saving the day that's basically yeah. all it was yeah. and there was the and with the way those movies were written you know with everything that yeah, that Jack Nicholson's Joker was doing or Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman or Dane DeVito's oh god she was amazing uh, sorry oh, yeah, well, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer that white gold I love her uh, so much me too stunning I, absolutely i still amazing. can't believe she did that that whip scene in one take like wow yeah have you seen or even just all her flippies all her have like backflips and everything in the heels yeah have you seen the test footage that's actually out there of her learning how to use the whip that's all yes. been made public now it's all on youtube it's amazing yep. yeah it's that's so good amazing. but mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean i just feel like you know with michael keaton's batman although we didn't really get the world's greatest detective out of him we got, uh, and I agree, he was great as Bruce Wayne, absolutely fantastic as Bruce Wayne, but I think we did get a good Batman out of him, but we just didn't get the type mm-hmm. of Batman that has been portrayed like that in the comic books at the time, you know, at the time, you know, it wasn't a detective Batman, it was an, it was an ass kicking Batman, mm-hmm. you know, he came in and he saved the day, and that, that, that was his point, that was his purpose, and I think for that, he did a really good job, and, yeah, you know, I he did agree. a good job... And I think he did a good job selling himself as Batman. It's just that, you know, we got to remember Tim Burton had a different vision for Batman as opposed to, you know, any future directors. Did he though? I mean, you know, I think if I feel like it set the tone for you think so? all the following like, Batman movies, not necessarily in terms of like, you know, mm-hmm. how much darkness versus how much silliness or things. But I'm talking about like the, the ass kicking Batman thing. That is what cinematic yeah. Batman is. And I think, that, I think that Michael Keaton's Batman started that. Well, and also it's movie versus TV shows where you have hopefully a longer run to kind of flesh out these characters, give them a bit more, develop more of like those detective skills and everything. Whereas in a movie, you have an hour and a half to two hours or sometimes three, mm. Nolan, 
where you kind of have to, they, they're tasked with either trying to cram all of that in to that time crunch or kind of picking and choosing which they're going to show. Are they, do they want to show more detective or more ass kicking? Well, what's going to sell more tickets, ass kicking. you know? Well, that, exactly. That's exactly. So that's why, right. yeah. So I, and, and I, I completely agree, Laura, that animated uh, Batman definitely shows more of that detectiveness, but as you just said, season one is like 50 plus episodes. So they have a better chance to kind of work off of like the comics mm-hmm. versus yeah movies and trying to condense it and pick and choose and hope right. that it works. You know, obviously I like my action movies, my comic book action movies and stuff like that. So I love the, the beat em up and, you know, capture the bad guys and everything that makes it, you know, exciting and mm-hmm. you know to see on screen. I also think Michael Keaton did a, does a very good job with both Bruce and Batman. I think for those earlier ones between, you know, with, with Michael go, go or Goff. I think it's, now, I think it's go. Well, either way, <laughs> but either way. So those, those Batman with, with that Alfred, ah, damn it. I lost it. <laughs> Cause then I started thinking about Dr. Who and Van Gogh. Oh, right, okay. right. <laughs> and then my brain got well, sad. Oh, Dr. Who, I'll do it <laughs> It'll come back. I, well, I don't think he was a bad Batman. I just, like, I, you know, I was completely thrown off when I watched it because I had seen the the Adam West show with my parents. And it's not like I had access to a lot of comic books or anything. But I really struggled in rewatching it. And do you want to know why? It's the dumbest reason ever. Okay, what? this the Tell scene me. in the chemical plant, you know, where the Joker becomes a Joker and the whole shootout that leads to that, right? Batman's there. And he can't turn his head. He has to turn his entire body to look in a different yes. direction. And I'm just like, well, that's that's not very Batman-like. That's that's actually a hindrance. Oh my God, he must be so uncomfortable in that suit. And then I was lost. <laughs> and then that's a, and that's an issue all the way up until the dark night because he brings that up to Lucius Fox that he wants to be able to turn his head because he can't do yep. it. Yeah. Even when I was a kid, I noticed that, and it always made me laugh. I'm like, how can he do all these things when he can't independently? Turn his right. <laughs> the cowl basically was connected to the suit. It uh, pretty much mm-hmm. at least in the old uh, with the Michael Keaton uh, one when he would have to rip like in uh, uh, Batman Returns when he revealed himself to Selena Kyle as uh, him being Bruce Wayne. He basically had to tear the mask. You know, it's not like he could just easily remove it. Like there, it was like it was tearing. Basically, well, real quick, just quick shout out. If I could just put, uh, we say how awesome Christopher Walken was in Batman Returns. Him oh, and yeah. him and uh, Michael Keaton played so well off of each other that entire movie. I, we won't focus on that heavily, but I just wanted to give a quick shout out to that because Walken sure. was amazing in that uh, in that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But you know, um, with Michael Keaton kind of making a comeback as a, a villain in Spider Man. I gotta say, I love him more as a villain. Oh, I oh, do. he is awesome. I, I'm like he—he he missed his calling earlier. <laughs> like seriously. Well, hey. we're we watched we watched the uh, honest trailer uh, for Spider Man, and you know that that first one with Tom Holland and and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then they they make a joke. You know, they they comment on how he's scarier as Michael Keaton. <laughs> Than he was as the vulture and then they just play that scene where he's in the car driving uh peter and he's just like because he knows who peter is and he 
He's super sweet. He just sends those. T- oh, he is aging well into a villain role. And Laura, we love our we love our charismatic. Oh, villains. it's true. We so do. I'm like, excited. I want to see more bad. Keaton. Like we've talked about this before. <laughs> Is Michael Keaton like just looking amazing these days? I feel like he's looking even better now than he did back in the He's 1980s in great in shape. I, I will give him looks, that. He looks fantastic. And actually, have either of you ever seen the movie Birdman? I still have not seen that. Check and that has been on my out. list for I don't years. Know. Probably not. It's my, one of Michael Keaton's best roles. In uh, He basically is playing a kind of like he's it's kind of a mockery of his old batman character but not so much a mockery uh he plays an actor who portrayed a superhero in movies named birdman and uh birdman is like suddenly made this like pop cultural comeback in the world and like there's a lot of demand for him to repraise his role but it's kind of fucking with his head and now he's having visions of himself as birdman but also seeing like birdman mocking him out in the real world telling him he can't do it it's actually quite a good it's a great movie it's a great performance by michael keaton so definitely check it out well and wasn't that the movie that kind of helped kickstart his quote-unquote comeback i'm not yes, it was. I don't truly I mean comeback was. but that really brought him back into that line basically like, showing you know, that michael into keaton still has roles. it he is still yeah i wasn't aware of that Absolutely. i've always thought he was a good actor i just felt like you know in his relatively younger days he chose some boring roles after batman what multiplicity wasn't a good enough for you <laughs> oh, yeah. when you mentioned birdman, are you talking like harvey birdman you know no no, no it's, it's just just, just a separate character yeah, okay, okay. different yeah. fictional character but hey good call on harvey birdman that's a good name drop yeah birdman this is going to be a bit of a spoiler for something that hasn't come out yet but i think it's cool for you to know for people to know this because it is public knowledge so did you know that Michael Keaton is actually repraising his role as Batman in the new Flashpoint movie? Yes. You didn't oh, know that. Okay. I did awesome. know that. And Michael Keaton said that his old, they're, his, uh, they're using his original bat suit, which I didn't even know was still around. And I guess it's still Oh, fits. he won't be able to turn his oh, God. head. Oh, God. Fits, oh, God. So wait. So it's going to be wait, cool to see. Wait. Yeah. What? His actual, like original bat suit from the 80s like did it hold up over that many years or did they remake i mean if you can make anything last if you preserve it properly sure oh my god I mean, they just oh, don't make bat suits like they used to oh, i was gonna say i hope someone like washed it down <laughs> oh come on i bet they took care With of the it. lysol they took care of it they had to <laughs> that thing you that, 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 that's like a museum <laughs> quality thing that you display i i don't know i don't know Good for him that Maybe he I still into it all these years later. But like I said, he's in incredible shape right now. And he's finally embraced his hairline. Like, I I, I yeah. got to give him props for that because he looks way better now that he's done that. Seriously. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> we're going to move on to our next live action Batmans. And we're going to lump these two together because I don't want to spend a lot of time on either of them. But we're <laughs> 90s Batman, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. And George Clooney. Yes. All right. All right. So let me go. I, I may have the least amount to say. So I want I would like to go first. Okay. Um, Val Kilmer. There's nothing there. It's it's so bland. It's so basic. It's so boring. I don't even remember even rewatching the movie that I've already watched. Like I watched those two movies I loved when I was <laughs> a dumb kid. Yeah, but did you love them because of flashy. him or because of like Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee. I Jones think it was more of the villains. 
because I remember the villains more, especially in uh, Batman Forever with Kilmer, because I loved Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I thought he did a great job. He was so neurotic. Wow. For me to see Tommy Lee Jones in a villain role, but a comic book villain role, all kind of wacky and, and crazy like that was was different at the time for me. I'd only known him as like a, quote, serious, legit actor. Right. So for him to show up in something so campy, it was very jarring and kind of unsettling as a youth, but it, it worked in that sense. And, you know, that kind of baddie sense. So that's, I think that's why I was, even when I was young, I liked the villains and the actors that they got to play the villains, but Kilmer, I'm sorry, man, you just, there's nothing. It's such a wet, wet rag performance yeah. and Clooney, Clooney, man, you make a good Bruce, not so much a Batman. Right. You know, I have to completely agree about Kilmer. Kilmer was straight boring as shit. And what's funny, though, is Val Kilmer's not a bad actor. He's mm-hmm. actually pretty good. But he was, and I feel like he could have done a decent job. I really feel like he could have been a good Batman. One had there been a new, another, you know, a different writer on the movie. Had he been given maybe a little more, uh, a little more leeway in it to be himself um, because I think Val Kilmer at the time was a pretty big name and he was given a lot of, he was able to make a, you know, decisions about how he wanted his roles to play out. And in this, I just don't feel like he did. Also, it doesn't help that the people that he was cast with really seemed like they were only putting in a subpar effort into it as well, except for Jim Carrey, who was definitely, you know. Yeah. Is Jim, is Jim Carrey capable of putting in a subpar effort? Well, I, that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, and Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey puts in puts in grade A material, no matter what you throw at him. But I think it's a shame that Val Kilmer had only this one opportunity to portray Batman. I actually feel like he could have played a good Batman if given it the, the right opportunity. Clooney, on the other hand, had no business in the bat suit. One hundred percent agree. This, this yes. is a stepping stone in his career. That's all this was. I, yes. He, it, yes. This was a, just a big name on a resume for George mm. Clooney. Because keep in mind, between Val Kil- between Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, the constant was two things, Michael Goh and Chris O'Donnell. That's why I loved these movies. I had the biggest crush on Chris O'Donnell. Oh, that's go. why. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, that may, it all makes so, sense. Know, it's a, hormonal. one thing we haven't actually mentioned, and we'll mention it now. Michael Goh was in... Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. So right. he, mm-hmm. he was, you know, at least at this point in time in the 90s, late 80s into the 90s, he was Alfred, you know, that, that like this man, was like you can't picture anybody else as Alfred. And you know what? He, maybe even in these two shitty movies, he still did all right. He was probably the best part of the movies, if we're being fucking honest here. Uh, absolutely. Although Chris O'Donnell's butt shots were nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Gotham's ass right there. <laughs> that's, that's Gotham's ass. I like that. I like that. Um, but uh, but uh, you're right. You're absolutely right about Alfred. Like, I feel like he was the glue that, that kept you, you know, kept those movie franchises going, kept you going to them because you're like, hey. Yep. They still have the same Alfred. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I like that. That's, a, that's the mindset, though. Maybe that's why they did it. But, you know, what I did respect about these movies, the one little thing I think I respected 
was the cheesiness and campiness in it because you don't put that you don't make a movie like that if it's not intentionally going to be cheesy i mean you can't go into the second i'm going to make a serious batman film and have arnold schwarzenegger say all right everybody chill you know <laughs> yeah 27 ice related kick some ice. Is what i read that was a lazy yep. one so first off that might be that might be another reason why I was so drawn to like that movie too was the pun. But yes. you know what? What's really funny is Arnold Schwarzenegger is silly and just not just as silly as his character was. I actually enjoyed watching him. I did. I really liked watching Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Now, granted, Mr. Freeze in reality it is an extremely serious character. Okay, the whole the 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 whole uh, thing with him and his wife finding a finding a cure for her disease, so she does, you know, and things like that. That that's all for real, and he takes his character very seriously, and he's a menacing character in the comic books. Like he is, you don't fuck with Mister Freeze. He'll, real he'll, quick he'll, he'll crush on you. that subject, the whole story with Mister Freeze and and Nora, like uh-huh. that was a that was a late add in to his backstory, right? originally he didn't really have that going for him he was just an absolutely cold-hearted menace right if we're talking mr freeze from the 1960s yeah Nora wasn't around then that i know of but yeah but i think mr freeze didn't really have much of a backstory but he was a very liked villain so i'm guessing the you know the writers the creators of you know a dc were like you know, let's give this guy. Uh, let, let's make. Let, let's feel like we can relate to this character a little bit. Let's let, let's give him a little. Let, let's feel sympathy for this character, um, mm-hmm. and put his they... wife in a gigantic tube. <laughs> I like Harley Quinn's uh, Doctor Freeze, the most woke villain in Gotham. Oh, <laughs> I loved that. And you know, when they did give him that backstory, um, yeah, I think it was a whole story arc in Batman the Animated Series, and it uh-huh. made me appreciate. Uh, Mr. Freeze more because he was still that cold hearted you know and which was a pun in itself how could you not like that mm-hmm. he's still right. that cold hearted <laughs> you know ruthless villain but he had like the best justification for it especially considering the American health insurance system you know besides Alfred still being in the movie with Clooney and Chris O'Donnell having awesome butt shots. Mr. Freeze was the villain I was watching that for. Because I got to tell you, until the Harley Quinn animated series, I could not stand Poison Ivy as a villain. I hated her. And Uma Thurman did nothing to change my mind about that. And you know, I'm glad you said that because I was just thinking that one of the things that really disappointed me about the movie, I'm not surprised. So I guess a disappointment is the right, not the right word. It's just not even upset. It's just like, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Is Uma Thurman was a very well-respected actress at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's only a couple of years off of Pulp Fiction, you know, where I'm pretty sure Which she was, was at least great. nominated for Best Actress. And she was really making a big name for herself in Hollywood. And then suddenly she takes this role. I want to know what was going through Uma. I, I mean, I have a feeling Uma Thurman didn't make this decision for herself. I think she probably had a team of people who said, hey, there's this Batman role. You play Poison Ivy. Let, let's get a payday. I have kind of a, a small theory about when actors go from doing very like respected, renowned roles and then just picking like the cheesiest thing ever. Because uh, who, who else did? Natalie Portman with black swan and then she did a movie with um 
Danny McBride. And I, what was it like year one? I think. Yeah, yeah. I, like, but Jack I don't Black, even yeah. remember. Yeah. So it's it's so fucking stupid. It's like just your dumb stoner hungover, like on a Sunday because you don't need to think. A lot of like hey, uh, really right. easy jokes and and stuff like yeah. that. But it was kind of like, why did she go from doing Black Swan to this? I think it's one, maybe to not to kind of keep themselves grounded so they don't get so full of themselves after coming off such a big project that gets so much respect and so well-renowned just to do something fun uh, maybe not get typecast or pigeonholed yeah. as to yeah, playing sure. certain characters. Yeah, sure. So while I don't always like it, <laughs> I kind of get maybe the idea behind why just kind of like going off to do, do no. something that they don't, just go and have some fun with it you know it doesn't yeah, have something exactly. you have to take seriously you're not you're not in this for for an award yeah it's not for anyone's consideration it's just something kind yeah, of fun I suppose. But, but i agree thurman was not a good poison no. ivy and we talked about this in our uh lost harley quinn episode because the audio was so bad so there's no saving it so mm -hmm. sad but the, we had that discussion about the Poison Ivy character and while how she's like goes from, you know, this sensual, seductive uh -huh. plant goddess uh -huh. to like the animated series, uh, Harley Quinn animated series with that Poison uh -huh. Ivy, which is the one that I love the most and I prefer yeah. because she's still sexy and seductive, but without the being ego. without the ego and without. Yeah, without the ego. Yeah. I even even the Poison Ivy in like the Batman animated series. I do like her as well because I think it's a bit more toned down, maybe because it was a cartoon or something. Well, I don't know, but and I didn't really I watch think it. She but she just doesn't feature so much. Like she's yeah. she's typically as like when you see her in her episode arcs, like she seems like the primary villain, but really she's being controlled by someone else. So that mm -hmm. takes some of that away. But no, I I didn't even enjoy her in in that series because again it was just so focused on the seductiveness part of it and the manipulation of men through that that uh and catwoman actually too and you know it just it missed everything else that would have made her character great like she is super intelligent you know mm -hmm. um it would have been nice to see that come through more and that's the what poison ivy in harley quinn has she has that mm -hmm. that seductiveness yes but she also has that brilliance and the introversion that you know it often comes along with it in character yeah. development which is awesome I, I loved her in the animated series and I didn't expect that that would ever happen because Uma Thurman made me hate Poison Ivy so much more see it's like when I was young I I didn't hate Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy but again I didn't I didn't really I don't even now I don't really understand like why why make her so sexy I mean, we didn't you know really like why well, so much when we were back then I mean think about it I mean we're that young we're what maybe like 10 12 something like that when that when when that movie came out I mean our brains aren't <laughs> fully developed yet to completely comprehend what we're seeing we're just seeing a lot of bright neon lights we're seeing our favorite you know we're seeing Batman on screen with you know the, just these characters that we're familiar with so when we're younger we have a different perspective of this but like what laura said you know the portrayal of poison ivy in the animated series 
it's a it's a great job. I think that I think I think the, the voice actress did an amazing job. I think personally, I I, I like I like the uh, uh, Poison Ivy from the animated series because she kind of reminds me more of like more of kind of like a nineteen thirties nineteen forties pinup style. Um, if you've ever seen my Harley Quinn tattoo, it's a total pinup uh, style tattoo. You gotta get a Poison Ivy one to match now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Yeah. But I just think that, and I know this isn't a Poison Ivy uh, a pod. This is Batman. But just to, <laughs> this is all coming around to Uma Thurman's performance. We have seen positive portrayals, you know, whether they're, you know, from great voice actresses in an animated style. But why is it so difficult to bring that to life in live action? And yeah, I get it. The live action version with Uma Thurman is probably not the best way to portray a character or even think of how this character actually is but unfortunately we haven't had another live action portrayal of poison ivy since then actually so well <laughs> laura and i are just like well, well, well laura what were you gonna I, say i'm on a completely different tangent i'm like reliving some of these oh. uma thurman scenes in my head and i really enjoyed I'm bane so even in those movies because he oh, was just like he was we just so awesome and, bane then, was great. and then bane and harley quinn actually talks but, and it's just like but it's still a parody of the voice from the christian bale movies and it's perfect but can <laughs> I just say something really <laughs> yeah can i just say something really quick though the fact that we've gone so far off the rails right now and we're talking more about the villains from these movies speaks a lot about the performances of the actors as Batman and or Bruce Wayne because like you are right Kilmer was boring I did not think so when I was a kid because of two things the villains were far from it and Mm -hmm. um the action scenes were much better shot so you know and then I had the whole like I really enjoyed watching Top Gun when I was a kid and that's ice you know (laughs) <laughs> and it's like yeah he was ice all right but <laughs> you know it just he was boring like re-watching that movie is really hard I think it's just as hard as re-watching uh George Clooney's because it's not that George Clooney's character was quite as boring though it was pretty close you know that movie lacked chemistry between the roles it, it sure. really did sure. so even if Uma Thurman was doing that movie for fun or Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing that movie for fun let me tell you he's probably the only one who was having fun doing that movie uh, <laughs> he had the best puns because he had the puns he really but, did you know, like would have a good time yeah but whether whatever the other's motivations were they clearly were not on the same page once during that movie's filming because it's so disjointed and stiff and forced and I hate it. And then I, we have the bat nipples yes. and I hate those two. However, I did, <laughs> I did learn a, a potential reason for the nipples being on the suit that kind of makes sense. And I, I hate that. Oh, I want to know <laughs> this. The original bat suits were not like Kevlar armor, bulletproof type thing. And this is true, not just in the live action, or in the cartoons, but, you know, in the comics, too. Um, and you would be able to see the nipples through the suit. Oh. <laughs> okay. I just thought it was really cold in the Batcave and in Gotham. Like, Hey, if you're that cold warming. that your nipples can point out in Kevlar, you got a problem. <laughs> but... You got some amazing but nipples. maybe that's why. Maybe... I mean, do you think that was the mindset they were in when they were designing those suits? You know, they, they're they looking at the old Keaton outfit or the old Kilmer outfit. They're like, you know what? 
They look really weird without in nipples. In reality, it it'll look less rubbery. It nipples. <laughs> it right. would look less rubbery if it had nipples. Well, then, like, are you getting into the whole should you see their belly button too debate? Like, what what are you supposed to see? Right. I mean, is this like supposed right. to be a gray sweatpants type thing too? I mean, come on. That's so funny, dude. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> How far are you going to take this? Apparently, nipples. Hilarious. I love that you found this. I love that you found this fact. That's great. Mm hmm. I, I had to try. I mean, <laughs> you had to find something to talk about with these two movies. <laughs> I see countless tirades against the bat nipples, and I'm like, I wonder if there's another take. And there is. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. There's still bat nipples. Thank you, Laura, for finding it. I appreciate You're, that. For finding those bat nipples. You're welcome. Bats. I still hate them. <laughs> fair enough uh the only other thing i want to mention about these last two movies this is the last thing i'm going to say about them is one um another thing that i felt i felt like was really out of place in uh batman and robin was the introduction to of batgirl into the movie and bringing in oh, alicia yeah. silverstone yeah. and I, I get why they cast alicia silverstone she was the hottest thing in Hollywood at that time. She had just gotten off of Clueless not too long for that. She did The Crush not too long before that as well. And, mm. you know, she was, everybody wanted to work with Lisa Silverstone. But I really feel like there were probably better actresses for that role. And the way that they actually changed Batgirl's character in that, in that movie and her backstory, I can't. Because she's Alfred's niece. Well, in in this she is, yeah. But in reality, she's yes. Jim Gordon's daughter. And right, Barbara. exactly. I just I could not get behind that. You know, nope. as a kid, of course, I don't think Why about do it. But watching it now, I'm just like like I had a really hard time just grasping that the entire time. You know, I'm just like this. Why do you think they changed her backstory to be to go from Gordon's daughter to Alfred's? Gordon was barely involved in either of these movies. Gordon was hardly in these movies. Gordon didn't really start making a big impact in these films until. Oh my God, Christian Bale. I couldn't think of his name for a second until Christian Bale really started uh, coming in. That's when Gary Oldman came on and oh, yeah, Gary brought Oldman. that character to fucking life. But in these movies... So you think it's just the lack of Gordon in the, uh, we'll just call him the Michael Go Batmans because he's the only I would consistent agree with factor. So yeah, I probably just, would think so. I mean, they wanted to bring her in, but how are they going to bring her in in a way that would make sense? you know, quote, unquote. quote, sure. Yeah. Now I was, I had, I had read that with, um, Alicia Silverstone, uh, playing Batgirl, a lot of her scenes ended up being cut because, you know, she's a teenager and stuff. She's young. And so she experienced some weight gain and couldn't really fit into like the, the suit. Mm -hmm. And so I had read that while doing like press for the movie, and people would be asking like Joel Schumacher about it. He got really pissed and got really defensive about it and stood up for her and was like, Good. and it sound it made it sound like he went after like the female reporters a little harder that were questioning her Good. weight gain to be like with the, with the rise in eating disoria, uh, disoria, uh, eating disorders and body dysmorphia, like kind of like, how dare you? put this on a young girl when we all experience weight gain and loss throughout multiple points in our lives. Yeah, sure. So I, I commend him for that. I think that's great. I don't necessarily agree with Alicia Silverstone uh, being cast as Batgirl, but like you said, Eric, she was 
very, very hot at the time. You know, she's just one hot little potato. And so it makes sense from a marketing aspect. And since they didn't really care about doing anything in keeping with the roots of these characters to the comics, and they were just looking to make money yep. and it was just, it was just uh, dropping a name. Toys. That's all it was. I yeah. hated everything. That's all about it was. That. Because, I mean, like, why they had all of those names to drop already why did they need one more i mean it was it was pointless it's just like jumping the shark For, yeah, from what i read it was a lot of like uh batman and robin and i because i'm not sure about batman forever but it sounded like like joel, joel schumacher makes it sound like the studios really had their grubby sticky little hands kind of all over this everything guy. and he was he wanted to make a movie for the fans and he has since apologized. Uh, Clooney has been known to refund people that have that spent good, good money to see it in the theater. So that son of a bitch owes me like five bucks because <laughs> I won't inflate it for today prices. But you owe me $97, $1997 money. That's good. That's good. Uh, you should write George Clooney a letter. <laughs> I this should. is a letter to George Clooney. Dear Booker. You totally no. listen to this, don't you, George? <laughs> yes, funny. he does. While he's drinking his Nespresso. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> anyways. So, so yeah, the, the 90s Batman, very cartoony, very goofy. Uh, hats off to the actors portraying the villains, because obviously, like Laura said, that says more about their performances uh, than those cast as the brood. When did mm-hmm. Batman the animated no. series premiere? Did that was that show on at the time that these movies came out? I believe so. At least I think at least so. Batman int- Forever. I don't know about Batman and Robin. How interesting that the Batman the animated series would be on during the time that these two Joel Schumacher movies came out. Not many people took be- cartoons seriously, you know. But this these movies were just as cartoony, if not worse, than the actual cartoon itself. They were absolutely worse than the yeah. cartoon. The animated series ran from 92 to 95. Okay. Batman and Robin came out in 97. Oh, Batman Forever. My phone's not even going to show me <laughs> Batman Forever. They're like, why are you looking at this shit? But Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you had enough? Wipe your history. Um, <laughs> That's good. So enough. We spent with a lot the of time on those movies. Oh my gosh. Well, I think we all had to vent. We had a lot like built up over these last weeks of consuming the Batman. Uh, yeah. Not to mention the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. We had to dis- <laughs> we had to we had to vent how disappointing our childhoods actually were. Yeah. I have not gone back to rewatch those movies since you know, like the 90s yeah. when they when they right. came out. So I you know, I remember them being, you know cheesy and campy and very you know like kid friendly brightly colored neons and everything but holy fuck they were bad batman and robin 3.8 on imdb (laughs) batman forever did i get that right kilmer's batman got like is like a 5.4 not much better really not much Um, better oh and i also i also want to say real quick that uh nicole kidman's performance in batman forever was obnoxious her character was obnoxious very anyways so palette cleanse all right let's move on let's go back to dark and gritty with the chris Ooh. nolan trilogy of the dark knight starring christian bale I'm and michael kane so Fuck yeah oh all right yeah. what do you guys laura what did you think of the nolan trilogy and this portrayal Given that I tend to enjoy the dark and gritty things more than the campy things, with the exception of puns, I loved it. Now, 
it took me a while to warm up to the whole Michael Caine as Alfred thing. Not so much because uh, like, I think he's bad in the role or he's a bad actor because neither of those things are true, but uh, more because his accent is so unrefined compared to uh, his predecessor. So, but once I got used to it, you know, I'm like, oh, I get it. We're seeing the Alfred that's you know a little more kick-ass okay this is cool i can get behind this and eventually i grew to love him almost as much but oh man dark and gritty batman is where it's at like gotham's a horrible dark place you might as well make batman (laughs) match it Mm -hmm. um initially uh christian bale's batman voice was so funny to me (laughs) but (laughs) and everyone I i think yeah i really came to appreciate that too and I didn't realize how much until I had watched one of the more recent animated Jensen Ackles movies where uh the the long Halloween where Bruce Wayne and Batman sounded exactly the same and Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent almost looked identical and almost sounded identical so it was really 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 hard to tell them apart sometimes I'm just like oh you know also it makes sense that he would disguise his voice (laughs) um you know so yeah I really do actually appreciate the the gruff Batman voice but you know you got to see like more of how Batman became Batman and the mistakes that he makes along the way um you got to see the other side of Batman that I don't think was well done to this point was um you know he's actually expertly trained in in multiple ways of fighting Mm-hmm. Um, and you do get to see that in the Batman the Animated Series too, which is another thing I love about it. And you got to see a bit more of that gritty fighting ability. I wouldn't call Christian Bale an excellent martial artist by any means, but they did try to incorporate that into his portrayal. Yeah, sure. Given his backstory with the League of Shadows mm-hmm. and just showing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, and you know, with Rage Al Ghul or. Raj Rays. They call him Raj in, in this one. That was really cool to see that too, because yeah. I've always found him interesting as a villain because like his reasoning is kind of sound, and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> he's basically the th- I, he's really the th- he's the Thanos of the DC universe. That's the way I view Rachel Ghoul. Uh yeah, he's really interesting. Um, and I was hoping to see more of like Bruce's relationship with his daughter and everything that occurs in other series and comics and whatnot Mm -hmm. we didn't get to see that but i mean the trade-off was in the next movie we got heath ledger's joker performance Uh, now mm -hmm. i will agree that it might have been given more weight because of what ultimately happened with heath ledger but even if you can separate that from it that was an amazing performance of Chaos Incarnate. I That's loved right. it. I absolutely agree. And I would have to say, you know, Laura, again, when, when we've talked about our villains and we like our very kind of charismatic and unapologetic villains, this is the Joker that I always think of when I think about setting that kind of villain bar for me. <laughs> that, yeah. And, yeah. Me and too. what I like. And I like, I, I, I like, I just, I love it. I love the, he's not sorry. And it's chaos incarnate. It's, this was, and I, it, this is a solid fucking performance of the Joker and Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger did do an amazing job. 
I just have always kind of felt that his untimely death inflated the reception of his performance. And if that's what critics need to care about it, that's their problem because it was great. Right. Exactly. So I, like I said, I, it's still a great performance. I, it's still, it's, I mean, Jack Nicholson was my Joker for so many years, but this one, especially after this rewatch, I, I, I think the Nolan trilogy for me is going to be kind of the tops in terms of uh-huh. the yeah, Batman, and- the Alfred, and the and even some of the villains. Not that I want to like go off on a Joker tangent, but I haven't seen Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of Joker. I'm not oh. sure that I can bring myself to do it because of this movie. And I really also like this is an all Joker. I really also enjoyed. I think it's Aaron Sorkin as Harvey. Harvey uh, Aaron Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Sorry. Um, you were so close for someone who doesn't do well with the, the actors' names. I'm very, right. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Um, but I really enjoyed his portrayal of Harvey Dent and his fall into Two-Face and the, how the Joker was woven with that really well because it didn't feel like, like the Joker's performance was so great that, you know, that, that's all anyone talks about. But I don't think that he took away from two-face and two-faces impact as as a villain himself the whole uh-huh. rachel thing i didn't like like i okay. really i really didn't like that at all and yeah. um i was kind of glad she got blown up <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry not sorry well um, she's an original but- character for the movies she didn't exist so that's maybe why yeah, I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It wasn't necessary. It could have been done differently and, and still had the same impact. But then then we get into the third movie and we get Bane. And I really want to take him seriously. Oh, Tom Hardy. Cillian, whatever his name is. I loved his portrayal of, of, of Scarecrow. Because again, we got to watch yeah. Scarecrow's Descent too. And honestly, he's a great Scarecrow. Mm -hmm. but Bane I want to take him seriously I really do I really do because I love Bane whether he's a big brute like he was in the 90s or whether he's you know a little more eloquent than he was in this movie but I couldn't stop laughing whenever he talked (laughs) I just couldn't I couldn't because of his phrasing and the voice and it and like I knew who was behind that mask and I'm just like I can't do this so the Bane voice in that movie is really hard to grasp. When I first saw that movie, I was the exact same way. But think about how iconic that voice has become now. Because like we were talking about before, look at the Harley Quinn show. I so, know, and I appreciate it so much for that. I really do, because now I because feel great now, for laughing. Because now that is Bane's voice. No matter how Bane is portrayed on screen, you can't help but think of that voice that Tom Hardy gave, that Tom Hardy gave him. Because before that... Bane didn't really have much of a voice. Bane, Bane was very brute and more like. Yeah, it's but, like the evolution know, of the Hulk, but like and the Hulk was the villain this, and in DC. <laughs> right, and before this, we actually go back to Batman to Batman and Robin, where Bane, you know, that was our. He's really more like a henchman in that. Yeah, but I still was, loved him in that. I still did. Oh, it was, great. was just it was great. so ridiculous. Very comic like, accurate as far as how he looked. Yes. That. Very. I, one scene that cracked me the fuck up back in uh, Batman and Robin was uh, a Poison Ivy's in the back of the car, you know, and Bane's like her driver. But he, he's, 
He's got the dumbest disguise. He's got like a trench coat and a hat, but still all baney. What yeah. like, are you hiding, bro? I love it. Uh, that it that was a up. fun moment in the film, and I hope yeah. they meant it to be because, like, that was like one of the things sure non-pun related that they pulled off to a T. Like, it was just That's great. Funny. But I'm left with so many questions from the third movie. Like, I think it kind of. I don't know it diminished the impact of the trilogy for me because like mm. what how is that an ending like is Batman over then like and also what was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character I can't remember his name I just like Joseph Gordon-Levitt so I was excited he was in it I'm like what was the point of him was he supposed to be the new Batman was he supposed to be Robin I mean in the end Batman we find out his real name is Robin so yeah know, I, I know and it's... that was a little on the nose and I'm like come on yeah, and that, I think that, that, that was kind of a cop-out right there, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, they were going for, so his character now, it, it escapes me, but he was his character is supposed to be a combination of all the different Robins. And Christian Bale, I think it was Christian Bale, one of them, someone had said that they weren't going to do another movie if Robin was actually there like actually had oh. a Robin. So the name Robin is, was actually dubbed in in post. So even oh. Joseph Gordon-Levitt didn't know. Oh, well, that's one way to get around it. Uh, that's really interesting. All right. So we had to take a quick break. But so, Laura, you were kind of wrapping up your your thoughts and feelings. You didn't like the ending of the trilogy. It was just what too like ambiguous, too many questions. Yeah, it just wasn't very Batman, you know. Yeah. And yeah, there were things that there were questions that weren't answered. And why would you why would you call it a trilogy and not answer the questions? Like you're, you're talking about the world's greatest detective. There aren't supposed to be mysteries left over. What? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the first two movies are solid Batman movies, in my opinion. And I would gladly rewatch them multiple times. And, sure. you know, I not get bored. that's the first time I've ever heard you say that about any movie. <laughs> well, there are other movies that I rewatch. Like, sure. I will always, always watch The Princess Bride if hey. I ever see that it's on. And keep in mind, the last time we were gathered to talk about movies, they were Nick Cage movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't rewatch Nick Cage movies. Have you watched Jiu-Jitsu I'm sorry. Since then? Uh, no, but if I want to torture someone, it's on the list. <laughs> I love it. All right, Eric, your take, right. your your thoughts on the uh, Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, and go. All right. So, for the most part, I have to agree with everything that Laura said. So first off, Batman Begins. Basically, the story of Batman. How does Bruce Wayne become Batman? And I like this. I liked how they portrayed this. I like that Bruce Wayne wanted to delve deeper into the criminal underworld and understand more about it so he can fight against it. I thought this was probably one of the, also the best on-screen portrayals that we've ever had of the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne and getting the little bit of backstory that they gave in that to them in this in that film as well. I just have to say, I am so sick and tired of watching those two fucking die. We get it. They, they died. Uh, He's they sad. Died, uh, well, move on. Like Uncle Ben and Spider-Man. Was, exactly. <laughs> They're the DCs by Uncle Ben. Exactly. Uh, so always with the pearls. Always with the pearls. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. It's okay. I But I do like the fact that how they made it so, you know, in that first movie, they portrayed Thomas Wayne to teach his son, never be afraid. You know, why do we fall? You know, so we can give ourselves, so we can pick ourselves back up. You know, I like gravity. that messaging. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why do we follow oh, gravity? <laughs> oh, gravity. It's fair enough. That does it too. 
Thanks, Laura. <laughs> All right. And, and Eric, remember, uh, we're not talking about the films individually, just the portrayals. Uh, the characters. I know, I know. So, I have so much to say. I know you say. do, but you got to try and. All right, all right, all right. I'll give you the short. I'll give you the short version. So Christian Bale is perhaps the best on-screen portrayal of Batman since Michael Keaton, and he brings Batman to I think a whole new life. You know, I think we get a good blend of that ass-kicking ben, uh, Batman with a bit of the world's greatest detective, and we do see some of that played out in the movies. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but still, it's there. You know, and then on top of that, you have Michael Caine, who is just a brilliant actor in so many different ways. And, you know, I know you said you had kind of a hard time wrapping your head around it, and I totally get that, but at least at first. But I thought Michael Caine, from the moment he stepped on, to, uh, on uh, in front of the camera and started acting as, uh, as uh, uh, Alfred, he just, he, he, it was him. He, he was Alfred from then on. Um, that is the new Alfred. And, you know, they portrait, they, they put him up against some great villains in these movies. You know, the Batman Begins, you know, we have the, you know, we have uh, uh, the, the Maroni. Uh, is it the Maronis? No, no, no. Who, who is the, the, uh, uh, the mob family? The Romans. The Falcones. Yeah, the Falcones. Thank you. Yep. Now you're right. Falcones. Them and Scarecrow, you know, and plus Raj Al Ghul, all brill- brilliantly performed. Heath Ledger's performance as uh, uh, the Joker. I mean, what can I say that hasn't been said about it already, honestly? I mean, she just went on a, you know, five minutes talking about how amazing it was, and I could probably do the same thing, you know? (laughs) But I do agree that his untimely death probably played a bigger role in him than that role seeming more, I don't know, uh, powerful than I think, had he lived, would that would his role as the Joker be as impactful? I think it would still would have been good. It still would have gotten mm-hmm. him the nomination. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree. I absolutely think so. But I don't think it would have won him the Academy Award um, because back then, even in the mid early to mid two thousands, superhero movies weren't winning awards like that. So I think his death had something to do with it. But you know, maybe I'm wrong. But you have to give Christian Bale credit too because he had to play opposite that performance and held his own and he did Mm -hmm. a great job the interrogation scene is one of the best scenes not just in you know in superhero movies but probably in modern day cinema that is an amazing scene both of those actors played their roles to fucking perfection and Mm -hmm. just the oh i love that scene so much i'm also glad i wonder how you feel about this but gordon became a thing again like he yes. features in batman the animated yeah. series and he was back yeah. in his movie like i know this is batman alfred but gordon's kind of like an alfred too just on the outside yeah, world sure. you know uh, yeah i mean sure i get I, I i see where you're going with that and you know gary oldman fucking rocked that role in all three oh, movies. i loved it i love oh, i it. love gary oldman he rocks fucking like any role yeah. For, my Gary first Oldman. Gary Oldman movie for Gary Oldman role was uh, Leon the Professional. Oh, how fucking oh, you're good! Speaking to me, girl. How speaking fucking good was it? Bring everyone! Oh, yeah, yeah. so good. Yes. Yeah, that was a good movie. But uh, anyways, um, and then uh, you know what you were saying about the third movie? I kind of feel the same way you do, but also at the same time, I, I, I think I kind of got where they were going with the where they went with it like i understand bruce wayne didn't want to be batman anymore and this was gonna be 
him saving Gotham, and this is his final hurrah, and he's like, fuck it, I don't care, I'm out of here. And Bruce Wayne, this was his way, I think, of it's kind of escaping Gotham. Just letting people believe that he's probably, I mean, people think Batman's dead because of the explosion, honestly. I mean, if, you know, obviously Bruce Wayne's not around anymore either, so put two and two together, you know. Right, uh, everyone knows now. But mm-hmm. that's the thing, one of the key aspects of his character, regardless of what happens to him or how old he is or what iteration we're talking about, he cannot escape even when he wants to. And we see him confronted with that all the time. And he right. just can't. Right. Maybe it was just a little short vacation, just something for him and Catwoman to go off, get a little freaky. And then, yeah, Gotham's going to come calling again because he can't and get it out of his Hathaway head. is not Catwoman. That she is did, she did an okay job, but I'm... No. For anyone who's got to follow in Michelle Pfeiffer's mm-hmm. footsteps, I mean, what did you expect? Like, let's talk well, about... Well, technically, she's following Halle Berry's footsteps. Oh, well, <laughs> I erased that. I erased that because it's awful. Oh, oh, okay. And Hathaway's performance as Catwoman was only good at the very beginning of that film. When she was in Wayne Manor, she stole the pearls, she was in the bar, and she played that awesome part where, like, where the cops busted into the bar to uh, get to the guys who she was making the deals with for the fingerprints. Um, and the way she like got down the floor and started screaming, I thought that mm-hmm. was brilliant. I was like, that is a very Selena Kyle Catwoman thing to do. But yeah. after that, I really just felt like she just did not embrace the character of Catwoman and who Selena Kyle was. I just, I'm not sold on Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. But what's funny is you mentioned that, you know, we're comparing her to Michelle Pfeiffer. So maybe yes, in a way that is in the back of my mind where I'm going, but what I'm very excited about is to see Zoe Kravitz and her role as Catwoman in the new, uh, in the new Batman movie coming up, coming out next year. Actually, so am I. I'm very, I love Zoe Kravitz and I think she's an amazing, amazing actress. And I've been watching a lot of the footage for the new films coming out and those behind the scene things that they put out. And I'm excited to see her come back on screen and, and i think zoe kravitz's catwoman can make up for what i just really didn't like about anne hathaway i don't mind anne hathaway as an actress i think mm-hmm. she's actually a really good actress i just don't feel like this was the right role for her to be in but well, i'm just being biased here because you make a, a point because you know what i forgot about her there you go yeah. i forgot about halle berry too i just forgot about them <laughs> but i Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, oh, no, I just wanted to wrap up on about that last movie with talking about Bane really quick and Tom Hardy's role. You know, I completely agree about, you know, <laughs> with the voice and how it's distracting and all that. It, it is so distracting. It is. But once you watch the movie three or four times, you get used to it. But, <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> Only three or four know, times. But, you know, what I love about this version of Bane in comparison to what, like, we've seen um, in the comics or in other on-screen portrayals of him, or even modern on-screen portrayals of him with the Harley Quinn show or even new Batman, you know, animated uh, movies that come out, is this Bane stands for, for he, he, one, man's, what, one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist, basically is what I get from this character. And I see Bane as more of someone who's a a freedom fighter, but he has to take it to the next level to prove his point. I can't disrespect that. It may not be, in my opinion, may not be the most honorable thing, but I, this Bane's version of Bane served a purpose. 
his purpose wasn't just to you know go out and break batman's back you know and rob the banks of gotham and be fucking uma thurman's cat driver in a fucking hat and vest you know <laughs> this was a bane who believed that chaos was the way to make th- make the world a better place and that's what i got from this and I although that. i don't personally although i don't personally think that way i respect that because i get that though you're right but i think that the problem isn't like besides besides getting used to bane's voice the problem is that you are with a batman who already doesn't care anymore true and yeah, you're you are right. dealing with him not caring through the entire movie and it's just not batman and I, I, I struggled with that. Like his apathy towards Gotham's situation just grew. And like he did the, the, the right thing. He did his duty and saved the city, but he did right. not care. I, I don't know if it's so much that he didn't care. He didn't want to see, his, see the city of Gotham fall into ruin. And that's what Bane was going to do. He, he, he still believed in the teachings of the League of Shadows because the League of Shadows and Batman's Begins, that, remember, they were out to destroy Gotham. They wanted to see Gotham burn because this was just the basically the epicenter for fucking evil and corruption, you know, and Bane is still I mean, he may have he may have been. He may have he may no, no longer associate himself with the League of Shadows, but he still believes in their teachings, and it shows, you know. And he just, you know, he's what was he call himself? He's Gotham's reckoning. Yeah, I no, I, I don't I don't disagree with with Bane's side of things at all. But the thing is, I feel like he came into the movie wanting to play chess with the world's greatest detective, and the world's greatest detective yeah. wasn't being the world's greatest detective and made a shit ton of mistakes because he was sloppy, because he wasn't caring as much. And yeah. it allowed this situation to escalate to the point where it did anyway, and then he yeah. had to do the right thing and fix it. I suppose. It kind of, kind of like right. a... Kind of, he's, like, he's being forced to come out of retirement, sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. That was kind that. of the feel that I, I got from it, because... You know, he's still the movie opens and he's still, you know, he's got the cane and everything and kind of recluse, very uh, uh, Howard, whatever, whatever that recluse, crazy recluse. Howard Hughes? Yes. So, I mean, they even make like a off the hand reference comment to him. But so, yeah, I, I, I agree that Bruce Wayne Batman was not in the mindset. He wasn't ready, didn't really want it. You know, I think, you know, he's still kind of reeling from everything in the previous you know with from joker and everything so he was more or less forced to come out and yeah he does make mistakes so yeah right i would say for me so when these movies first came out like i watched them and they were fine but i think i was still kind of being a shit and was like michael keaton's my batman so i didn't really (laughs) give them like a fair chance i did enjoy them they were good but and because i'd also completely forgotten about the 90s and that this was a nice mm. palate cleanser uh, tip. Don't watch these. And then the nineties movies. Cause that makes them so much. More <laughs> oh, I gross. did it. I did it backwards. And I was like, this is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> I'm beginning <laughs> to think so you're bad. a bit of a masochist when it comes to watching things. Maybe. I might be. <laughs> yeah. But, I did them in the order of release. <laughs> and that's smart. That's probably <laughs> what I should have done, but I, I wanted to make sure I got in. Uh, the Nolan trilogy, because I was like, I need to sit down and give this a fair chance. And like I said at the beginning, 
these might be my new favorite on-screen live action portrayal of Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, and Alfred. I think Christian Bale does a fantastic job as both characters. Now, in watching him as Bruce Wayne, I kind of got a little bit of his like American Psycho vibes. Yes. Sociopathic. Because come on, Bruce Wayne's got to be a touch sociopathic, right? Just a touch. Just a touch. So I, I picked up on some of that. And I feel like, while I wasn't a huge fan of American Psycho on popular opinion time, but I think he does a great job in that movie, but seeing, having seen that and then comparing this, I'm like, that almost kind of works in his favor, the, the, the role of uh, the killer in American Psycho, and then picking uh-huh. up the towel to be Batman Bruce Wayne, because I see those, that sociopathic, the, the two faces basically, right? The kind mm-hmm. of switching back and forth and turning on and off. So I, I really appreciate Bale. I love that he gave Batman that gritty voice and that in the first movie he lost his he lost his voice a couple of times so then in the second movie they just digitally like in post altered it to make it deeper and more and that gruff sound oh that's funny you say that because i was thinking that they kept telling christopher nolan and christopher nolan kept telling him do you think you could give us more batman voice more batman voice so they really had to do that no they they for the second one and i would assume the third one they went in and in post digitally um gruffied it up so i i I love it and i love i love his portrayal of both i think he does a great job kind of balancing those two characters within one michael kane as alfred is the alfred he he's this character in these movies is is more of a person so much more fleshed out we got we get so much more we get their relationship a bit more that kind of bouncing back and forth plus, he's more grandfatherly i feel well plus he's able to go in and like as christian as as bruce wayne is like unconscious under a burning board comes in to runs into a burning fucking building to save bruce wayne and then sass his ass <laughs> Be yes. like, what's the point of all those push-ups if you can't lift a bloody board you're right and the look yeah. on bruce's that's face true. was just like that oh. is true because <laughs> that's what i loved about alfred in the animated series was he had those sassy one-liners making fun of bruce and or batman all the time and it the only insane. one that's going to get away with doing it because and eric it, like you said the relationship of that character with the wayne family so we really get yep. to see just how deeply connected it's, it's they are out of love that's what it is and you know what i would say that yeah alfred is probably the only character in probably the entire batman universe that truly has no fear of Bruce Wayne or Batman. He doesn't see them as two separate things or entities. You know, even those who are those who are allies to Bruce Wayne or allies to Batman, there is still a small level of I don't know if fear is the right word to use, distrust or just apprehensive. Just, apprehension. just like I better watch better watch what I do around this guy. You know, that's just something like that. But Alfred is not like that. Alfred has known. Bruce Wayne, since he was a baby, you know, he held him on the the first day that he was born. And Alfred is also one of the few people who has not been an enemy or a girlfriend that has slapped, punched, kicked, and knocked out Bruce Wayne. This has all happened in the comic books, but still. And that's why he's so important for Bruce, because 
you know, I mean, I just said grandfatherly figure. Yes, Michael Caine's more like a grandfatherly figure, I think, in his performance of Alfred. But Alfred Pennyworth as a person and as a whole is the, the fatherly figure to Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't I just I feel like he was uh there's so many different ways we could view Alfred and how he has impacted Bruce Wayne's life, but just in the movies alone, as much as I liked Michael Goh's version of him, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I felt I felt like that was still more of a butler than than family. Than like a confidant, yeah, family, a yeah. companion, as you will, because I want right, to hug him, where, Oh God, and then sad, him? and then sad Alfred, sad Michael Caine, just is fucking oh. heartbreaking. Like if Alfred doesn't make you want to hug him at some point, then he's not Alfred. Right. <laughs> exactly. I want to hug and then some tea. But yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, so again, probably the best of all of the movies that have come out. The third one, I agree. That's the one that falls flat, but it's not a bad movie. You know, it's just the one that doesn't really have much of a No, it's just it, disappointing it from, from a Batman perspective is all. See, and I like, I like that one. I like Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises over Batman Begins. I said okay. it. I fucking said it. Oh, fine. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I like Tom. Okay. I, I liked that because um, like when Batman Forever came out, you know, Bane is just kind of more or less a henchman. He's kind of Poison Ivy's main right hand guy or whatever. He's driver. So yeah, her driver. Chauffeur is here. He's he's a full fledged villain with a full fledged plan, and he's intelligent and he's brutish. Mm-hmm. And he, I like how that character in, in this version really challenges Batman in that sense. Yeah, intellect and in a physicality way, a physical way. Yep. Also, Tom Hardy. <sighs> I know right? his face is covered through like all of the movie, but he had my full attention. Those you know eyes. Oh, he's got the he's got those Tom Hardy eyes. <laughs> and then I had read that he based the voice off of an Irish fighter, an old I I don't know from what period or anything. I didn't know but that. um thank you, IMDB. I cite my sources. It's mostly IMDB. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> Den of Geek and sometimes Screen Rant. And as much as Liam Neeson does a great job with Raj and Cillian Murphy does a, an amazing job with Scarecrow and making Scarecrow like really fucking scary. He's supposed yeah. to be. So it was yeah. great. I maybe it was Katie Holmes, but it was I don't know. That one's kind of boring for me, but I like I like the other two. They 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 kind of pick up that that action. And it's like when we're looking at it as a trilogy, kind of that, oh, he's finding himself in that first one or whatever. You know, I don't know what it was, but it's kind of boring. Well, the whole Rachel thing is like a sour note in an otherwise brilliant yeah. composition. There's always and, gotta be a love and, interest though, doesn't there? That's no, there doesn't. There no, I know there doesn't. It, do, it doesn't need to be, but I'm just saying in, in, this is Hollywood. I never right? pictured Christopher Nolan being all Disney and shit about that. But if you've seen really, any of his other movies, you're probably, you're definitely right about that. So I don't know. There didn't need to be. And like Bruce Wayne's attitude in the third movie, you could argue is partially because of the, the physical trauma he endured, but we all know it's the Rachel thread and I hate it. Yeah. Like that, that's pretty much what it boils down to. If you could just yeah, remove that, that her, it would right, be basically perfect. By side with his parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just hated that, but yeah. you know, Ultimately, I think as the trilogy goes and as Batman and, and Bruce Wayne and the Alfred relationship goes, 
this is my pick as well mm-hmm. thus far. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what the new ones like. Yeah. Uh, right. But honorable mention for almost Alfred Lucius Fox Morgan Freeman. <gasps> yes. Oh, thank yeah. you for thank you Absolutely. for Absolutely. for bringing up Lucius Fox because I mean, fuck. Prior to this, none. So, and then the fact that you know God could clear his schedule to act in a couple of movies for Christopher Nolan is pretty amazing. So uh-huh. I, I appreciate God making a cameo. Thank you, God. Man, <laughs> Morgan Freeman is, is one of my favorites. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love it. And I was also it was nice to kind of get to know that character from a non-comic book reading. For sure. But also Lucius Fox is like the coolest name ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I will agree. All right. Well, now we're going to move on to some of the newer iterations um, and then future iterations. And then we'll do a quick kind of shout out to the voiceovers. So Batfleck and Jeremy Irons as Alfred. So here's my thing. All right. Because we just watched Batman versus Superman because I and I've I've always said I've always stated this. I do not hate Batfleck. I think Batfleck is better than Val Kilmer's Batman. Can I just say this? I wanted to hate him, and I don't. <gasps> See, that says a lot because See, there you go. when you want to hate something, I think he does. Like he's not he's not Christian Bale, you know. At this point, no. But I thought he, no. he he did a solid job. I think he does a pretty good job with both Bruce and Bats. Um, mm-hmm. I just have general questions about the ages of. So this is clearly an older Batman. You know, because right, a more settled uh, Batman, he's but been also in this like for a while, but also like angrier because he straight up is like some shooting some motherfuckers and killing people. Yep. Uh, in this movie, so in talking, you know, Timmy and I were talking about it, and he's like, "Well, it's after Robin." I was like, "Oh, that's right," because they showed that's the right. the Robin suit they in the showed, case. That that was Jason. That was Jason Todd's outfit yep. that they showed with the. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, so he's he's a little angrier, and he doesn't have as many fucks to give. <laughs> It was kind of my take, which is fine, which is fine. But then you have Jeremy Irons as Alfred. And it's like, what, dude, you were like 10 years older than him. I don't get the, I don't get that age difference because it almost feels like Alfred should have been dead. I don't know how old Bruce is supposed to be in, in Batman versus Superman. I feel like Jeremy Irons is only a few years older than Ben Affleck. Yeah. But I'm looking it up right now because I want to know in the Christopher Nolan movies, he's Bruce is 30. He's turned 30 in one of the movies. It's his birthday. And, you know, Rachel had like a gift or whatever. And there's something in the background that showed his age. So we're clearly dealing with an older uh, Bruce. He's got a little bit of gray on the (laughs) sides, looks what which looks quite distinguished. And I I didn't mind Uh it. But then, yes, your Alfred is only a few years older. I didn't like that. I don't like the timeline. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not about the movie. It's about the role. So I'll stop. I'm going to interject. <laughs> I'm going to interject. Please here do. Stop me. <laughs> um, currently Ben Affleck is 49 years old mm-hmm. and Jeremy Irons is 73. So there was more of an age difference than. Wow, really? Damn, Jeremy Irons is looking good. That's my inspiration (laughs) right there. Holy shit. So. We can all look that good at 70. That's just perception (laughs) overruling reality there. There actually is a plausible age difference between the two of them. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. enough. Thank you. Thank you for fact checking me. (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, 
just like you did. I, I watched it last night too. when I got, when I got home and, um, God, first off three hours. Holy shit. When you start a, movie, you start a three hour movie at 11 o'clock at night, Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be dedicated to it, but I did it. But you know, I'm not going to lie. I've never seen this cut of the movie before. I saw the original Batman versus Superman. And I saw that in theaters and I was so disappointed with it that I had never gone back and watched it again. But now I've watched this new, this extended cut. Why? Why did I see it in theaters? Because I fucking love Batman, dude. No, it's no, Batman why watch the Superman. extended cut? I think that's because the, it's only the only one option that's on... I had. Yeah, it's okay. the only okay. one that's okay. available on HBO. So calm right. your judgy ass down, Laura. <laughs> we no, didn't have choices. It wasn't a judgy question. It was like, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> not judgy. Just a little judgy. That's okay. Anyways, yeah. Uh, but like when I watched <laughs> it, I, I, I think I felt a little different about it this time around because it, it, really? it, it filled some gaps, you know. Also, it made more sense of the whole uh, um, uh, the doomsday, uh, the doomsday character coming in, you know, and what uh, uh, Lex Luthor's basically whole plan was that came more into fruition in this game in this movie i thought ben affleck did a solid job as batman and i still do even in the justice league movie which you know i'm mm-hmm. not a fan of i think ben affleck is probably the best part of that movie too have you um, have you well, yet have you yet watched the snyder cut the four hour and you still not yeah. a fan don't i like it a little more i'm just not crazy about it there's um, some eye candy in that movie though Oh yeah, candy in all of these movies. Bat nips, bro. There's more in, in. No, no, just no. George <laughs> Clooney, no, N- no. Bat nips. Yeah, but, all right, fine. Chris O'Donnell's butt. There. Thank you. That's yeah, better. There you go. There you go. You got it. But um, I think that Ben Affleck does bring a different type of uh, persona to the character of Bruce Wayne into Batman. You know, he's he's still Bruce Wayne, but like you said, he's he's angrier. This Bruce Wayne now has gone through some shit. Okay. It's interesting that you both think he's angrier. Like I agree that he's got that anger for sure because of the timing of you know where we're seeing him at, right? But yeah. I thought outside of that, he was calmer. Like he you was more so? collected. He was more cerebral. Yeah. Well, maybe he's just found peace in his anger where he's able to be kind of calm and collected and still you know like hulk he's that's the thing he's always angry but he's well, still I able think... to maintain that kind of level ish cool like you said collected head i think superman in this movie though brought it all out though so maybe he was maybe on the surface he did seem a little more calm maybe he was still maybe he was starting to move on from the things that had happened with it that had re- probably recently happened in his life because I'm guessing that this movie takes place not too long after the death of Jason Todd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's I don't know maybe that that years, was my something per- like that yeah that was my kind of my take on it too yeah is that- and but may- maybe now he was starting to just you're right maybe become a little more calm and just starting to move on with life but then all of a sudden here comes fucking superman you know and although superman is doing something to is trying to protect the people superman is destroying things like destroying buildings and just making chaos in the name of peace and innocent people are dying and this is bruce wayne we're talking about here bruce wayne will fight to make sure that the that innocent people are protected and even if it's unintentional 
as far as what Superman's doing, which is completely unintentional. He's not doing anything. He's not fighting Zod or anyone to harm anybody. You know, he mm-hmm. wants to protect them. But Bruce Wayne sees these efforts on Superman's part as a threat. So he basically makes it his goal to, for lack of better words, take out Superman. Because without Superman, he feels like the world will probably be a more peaceful place. See, and so, I feel like that's a misstep on Bruce's part, you know, the world's greatest detective here. Because, yeah, you see, it's fine that he sees Superman as a threat, but he leaps right into wanting to take him out. Yeah. I, maybe well, maybe it's yeah. a little the hippie in me, but it's like, you guys could have talked it out first. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, Superman tried to talk it out. Superman but they, they both almost immediately see each other as a threat. And instead yeah, of trying do. to be like, they immediately see the other one as a baddie instead of someone that's trying to do good. So they don't even give each other know. the chance. Right. To me, and it I, came off as a dick measuring contest, honestly. A little bit. Yeah, but the thing is, okay, this is really weird because like, I don't think it's that much of a stretch for Batman because he has like historically speaking he has a contingency plan for taking down every single member of the justice league if they go rogue i love that i absolutely <laughs> this love is, that this isn't so far-fetched but the fact that he jumped straight into it, it mm-hmm. was, was so jarring from his side but on the superman side i actually really loved the fact that collateral damage was a thing that yeah. he had to deal with because it right. is so glossed over before this mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be and, you know, Superman's like this paragon of, of perfection that I can't fucking stand. Like, gag <laughs> me now. Um, yeah. But he wasn't in these movies. So besides the fact that Henry Cavill is like nerd eye candy galore, I was like, oh, man, I can give this a chance. Um, but then the movie was just so boring. <laughs> so it's boring. Fair enough. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel I feel different. I think I just I think it's a good story. I think it's a it's a it's a decent action movie. Um, I, I, I think some of the stuff is a little over the top, um, especially in like the last like half hour or so when they're fighting Doomsday. But I think we had some good character interactions. And despite what anybody thinks of Jesse Eisenberg's uh, performance uh, or portrayal of, uh, of Lex Luthor, I actually think he brings a very different per, different idea to that character and just making him seem like he's a little more a little more psychotic as he is smart um i can see the face of jen's face right now she's completely disagreeing i'm making i'm giving him just yeah i'm on jen's side here. well let me <laughs> ask what don't you like about jesse eisenberg as lex luther like what is it about the his everything that, that, lex luther is the is the leader of the legion though, of doom it? right yeah. he also becomes yeah. president of the united states can someone honestly pull that off but when they're acting talk, like we that? We can't really compare that, though, because we're talking different universes, different storylines, and there are hundreds of different storylines that involve Lex Luthor. But so this, I hold Lex Luthor to a higher yeah. standard because of his yeah. intelligence right. and his composure. Yep. But be, I, what I like about this is we're seeing You're that trying so hard to defend Jesse Eisenberg as Lex. And you're to not going to win us over. Lex. You're oh, not no. going to win me over. I doubt you're going to win over, Laura. <laughs> you're trying so hard. It's really, really cute, though. I want to win um, over the listeners, Laura. <laughs> um, Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> can go fight all the fucking zombies he wants with Woody Harrelson and, and crew. That's fine. But he's not. 
he's not Lex. I'm sorry. And I know that. Mm -hmm. And I think I read in the comics that originally Lex Luthor, only known as Luthor, was just a criminal mastermind. And we saw that with Hackman, Gene Hackman's performance. And Gene Hackman is my Luthor. Sorry, kind of is. So somewhere in the comics, I believe I read when it, it was kind of the continuity or whatever was rebooted, Lex Luthor came back as the head of LexCorp. And that's kind of how we have seen Lex since then is yeah. uh, a business titan mogul, highly intelligent, still a criminal mastermind, still plans for like world domination. And that's fine with a dash of like mad scientists. But Jesse's performance as Lex, it was too mad scientist mm -hmm. and not enough of a cold calculated businessman business which is which i think is far scarier because those people do exist in real life right sure. <laughs> these cold not giving a fuck business <sighs> types that want to rule the world in some aspect or another jesse played it too much mad scientist and i don't i didn't like that i didn't like that he had hair for the whole fucking movie because then it's like it's not goddamn military you don't get and you don't go to prison they shave your head unless that's something he had asked for so that was dumb <laughs> like i said i could spend the next two hours picking apart this movie i'm not gonna but right that, that's my problems well, with Jesse Eisenberg I, as Lex Luthor. Laura? I always thought that Lex Luthor would have made a great Batman villain too. Like, especially again, if you focus on the world's greatest detective aspect rather than the ass kicking aspect. And the fact that Bruce Wayne is a business mogul himself via Wayne Enterprises. You know, how hands-on he is depends on what iteration we're talking about. But, um, you know, I felt like that could have been the comic book universes, Sherlock versus Moriarty. Oh, um, that that okay. could have been cool. Again, in Batman versus Superman, that's what I was hoping we'd see. Yeah. And Lex Luthor was disappointing all around. I, mm -hmm. I grew to appreciate Ben Affleck's portrayal of Bruce Wayne and to an extent Batman, but I can't, I can't get behind that movie. I just, I can't do it. I can't get behind the movie, but there are things that I think Laura, like you, I do appreciate and can accept. So I like, you know, I'm, I'm good with, I'm good with Batfleck. I'm great with Henry as Superman. Let's normalize beefcake nerds mm -hmm. <laughs> for my visual pleasure. <laughs> there you go. Purely um, for my entertainment. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't subscribe to Jesse Eisenberg as Lex. I love Amy Adams, but I don't subscribe to her as Lois Lane. Nope. nope. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah. Oh. True story. Okay. I got to find her. She did not. Lois Lane this time around too. She's Again, just so Lois... sweet. At, Amy oh, Adams is too sweet. Amy Adams, I think for me anyways, it's hard to shake that. Just such a, but just like... a nice girl. <laughs> I feel I feel like her and Henry Cavill actually work really well off each other. I, I don't, don't think I, I don't think it was her sweetness for me. I think it was again like a misinterpretation of Lois Lane's character. Like yes, okay, if you go back to like basics, damsel in distress, always rescued, blah blah blah. That's a tired trope. But outside of those moments, Lois Lane was an independent, successful, intelligent woman. Where was that exactly? I didn't get enough of it. I think there was, I think it was there a little bit, you know, there it's were kind of flashes, like flashes and then... but not enough. She's not, I mean, Margot Kidder, come on. She was great. Still. Yes. Damsel in distress, 
but vocal, um, assertive, and not afraid. And I loved that you could have a character that satisfied that trope for people who adhere to that and still be that strong person. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can be a strong, successful, independent, intelligent person and still wind up in this situation. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, so yeah, with, with Batman versus Superman, it's unfortunate because I felt like there's a lot, there was a lot of potential there, but mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't right, think we're ever right. going to see like Ben Affleck's true potential as Bruce Wayne and Batman because mm-hmm. of these movies, because there are other DC heroes involved. He's an auxiliary right. character. Yeah. Even though he's in the title of that film, he's an auxiliary character right. and becomes even more of one in Justice League. Mm-hmm. And I understand why, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I, I honestly don't have enough information from what I saw to definitively say that Ben Affleck could pull off a solo Batman film. I'm not sure that's funny. It's a, and there were plans for one too. There were mm-hmm. plans and now those plans are scripts. So like you, I mean, now all we can do is just imagine what that would have been like, because now they've moved on. Mm-hmm. Warner brothers has moved on from Ben Affleck to and, Robert Pattinson, which, yeah, which so is going to be amazing. Before we'll, we'll we get to that, that <laughs> before we get to that, I do want to do a couple of quick shout outs to our, some of our other live action Bruce or bats. Um, <laughs> this not so much as a shout out but more of an acknowledgement that jora the bat cave explorer uh i didn't even write oh, down yeah. i didn't even write that's down right. the actor's real name because that's just he's just he's Jorah, Jorah, the explorer. and that's all he's gonna be i like Jorah, the bat cave explorer i think that's a good one so he's in uh he plays bruce in the show titans which i'm not all caught up on my rage watch of that and he's not in it so far from where i'm at a whole lot but at first, I didn't care for him. I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? But there, there was a moment in uh, one of his scenes where he kind of mimics an Adam West dance thing. And I was like, all right, yeah, with the eyes, doing, going over the mm-hmm. eyes and stuff. So I was like, all right, if they're going for more Adam West, and more of an Adam West nod, then fine. I'll accept him as Bruce. But he has yet to don the cowl because um, the show's not about him. So therefore there's, I have not seen an Alfred either, but just need to acknowledge that Ian something is playing Bruce Wayne in the Titans. And then we have uh, the show, the, the show Gotham with the kid, David Mazuz, and then uh, Sean. Uh, he's the son, yes. He's the yeah. son of the third doctor. Yep. And, and while per the tweet, kid, per tweet, per tree, thank you. And while yeah. David doesn't actually become Batman within the series, he's just a young, cause the show is more about the city and the villains yeah. and, it's and such a great show and Gordon and, Go- and yeah. And, and Ben McKenzie as Jim, as a young Jim Gordon. So oh, I'm sorry. I, I, it just hit me. It just dawned on me. We were talking earlier about how there haven't been any other really live screen on screen portrayals of poison Ivy. I just realized she was a kid. She was a ma- big character in uh, Gotham. I totally even think about Not that. really. They, no. they introduced her because they kind you know, they had to, but you know, how, how are you going to have a show set in Gotham and with all the Gotham villains and not at one, yeah. at some point, even incorporate uh, and poison the Ivy. Okay. children. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be really careful about what you do with poison Ivy in that. And she was well, definitely like a developing character in the background that occasionally featured in the plot line. 
Um, well, and then she had her accident or whatever that turned her into and, poison ivy. She so she went like from 20 years. She went yeah. from kid to adult, which is still uh, an issue. <laughs> it's but, an yeah. issue. All right. That's yeah. there's so much wrong with that. Like that would suggest that her mentality is is decades behind still- her her mm-hmm. her yeah, physical sure. presentation and there's so much there's so much wrong mm-hmm. with that but yeah, um i'm glad you brought gotham up because uh while we we only see bruce wayne as a young teenager kind of figuring out what he wants to do with his life and making some really stupid mistakes along the way we see an alfred who is very much the beat him up type guy like yes. he, like yeah. you know what he reminds me of he reminds me of daniel craig's portrayal of bond Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah. I do love, so I have to acknowledge at least, yeah, Sean, uh, Petrie, Petrie's uh, portrayal yes. of, of Alfred, because yes, he is a more beat him up. We get a little bit more back. So, you know, he was like British military or whatever. So he's skilled. I'm a little disappointed that he doesn't kick a bit more ass, but I guess we're also taking into his maybe age as a factor as well. But, okay. um, so those are just some kind of honorable mentions, And now, yeah, let's get on to what our theories on how we feel about uh, Twilight Guy and as Batman, Bruce Wayne, and Andy Serkis as, did I say that right? Serkis? Yeah, Andy Serkis. I need to look up who that is because I cannot remember who that is. Andy Serkis is the voice and the uh, uh, actor behind Gollum. Andy Serkis Uh, has Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay, that's right. But yeah, I don't remember what he looks like because, I mean, Gollum, you know. And he was in Um, Black Panther, him and, um, oh, God damn it, John Watson. The two two Tolkien white guys. Tolkien. I, that's uh, not my joke. But, I stole that from the internet. I mean, technically, yeah. he, he was actually in a couple of he was in a couple of Marvel movies. Uh, he was yeah. in, he was in one of the yeah I think he was in Age of Ultron as well. But he also he does yeah, a lot of like more. the computer animated kind of true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very King, rarely Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, very rarely have we actually seen his face. You know, he he kind of reminds me of, of Carl Urban because he's been in all these things and you don't realize it's him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you look it up. I think he'll do a pretty good job as Alfred, though. I think he's got the chops for that role. Yeah, he's got the chops. He's also got the charm. If you, I mean, he the the, the guy is really uh, he's a very charming actor. He's got a great voice. Um, he's he's got <laughs> he's got great posture. He's got an he's just an amazing all around actor. I think Andy Serkis is gonna do the same thing that all these other. Uh, you know, maybe not so much uh, Jeremy Irons. You know, I don't feel like Jeremy Irons is really a great uh alfred but we didn't really see him much in an alfred style role really but Mm -hmm. i think uh if they are going to stick with you know this these new uh this new cast robert pattison zoe kravitz and all them i think it's gonna i think i think he's gonna bring something new to the table for uh for alfred pennyworth i at least i hope he does um because i want to still see that kind of like i want to see like that kind of more butlerish uh alfred but at the same time i want to see that also kind of detective-ish Alfred, you know, the guy who's helping out, uh, helping Bruce Wayne behind the scenes, you know? I, I want to see a more detective Batman Bruce Wayne. And yeah, I'm somewhat hopeful for that, but it's difficult to tell from trailers and teasers. It is. It is, right. Oh, <laughs> you calling him Twilight Guy, like, from from <laughs> everything that I've heard, like, he would he would be immensely offended by that like nobody hates twilight more than him 
That's what I've read. Now, full disclosure, I've never seen the Twilight movies. I've never seen anything with Robert Pattinson in it. So oh, really? this is well, other really? than when he was in like the one Harry Potter movie or whatever, but then Cedric Diggory. Like, yeah, but that's that's what I knew him as going into watching Twilight. So it's like I don't I don't have anything to gauge because it's not like I watched that watched Harry Potter for him. So I'm real. This will be the first thing I have ever seen him in. So it will be really I'm very interested and very curious to see him as Batman, because, again, I've never I've never seen Twilight. I'm not gonna. Um, (laughs) Nope. don't plan on it. We'll never do an episode on it. So fuck that. Yeah, well. I made the mistake of reading the books and watching the movies to, you know, attempt to bond with my little sister. Didn't really work out. So I've seen it. Um, But thankfully, I'd seen Harry Potter first. But uh, Robert Pattinson has done some really interesting indie films like they they would be worth watching just for the sake of seeing that he is a capable actor. Twilight notwithstanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with what I see in the in the trailers. So I don't have any other past performances of his to uh, kind of taint or sway or make my going into Bat- the Batman uh, bias in any way. So clean slate, right. Robert Pattinson. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you do a good job. Don't make me mad. Don't be Val Kilmer. I think a lot of people out in like uh, out in social the social media comic book world that I am heavily involved with a lot of people really just are just talking shit about the fact that it's Robert Pattinson playing Batman. You know, I mean, it's because it's the same thing that you just said. They can they can all, all they can see is Twilight. They can just see the sparkling vampire, and that's it. I hope he escapes that. Oh, I'm, I'm sure so too, he will. Because I'm sure he, he will. I've, like Laura, I agree. He has done some great indie films. Uh, I just actually watched a movie of his not that long ago called The Lighthouse, where it's him and William Defoe. Uh, it's a great, great black and white movie. I highly recommend. Highly recommend it. Um, he does this amazing movie called Good Times, uh, where it's basically him and his brother, um, who he's very protective of his younger brother. Yeah, it's his younger brother, and he's just they're kind of like uh, not criminals, but they're doing what they have to do to survive. And it's just a really good story. And, you know, he's done movies like uh, uh, there's this one he did called water for elephants, which is just that kind of like a sappy indie. love story. It's a sappy love story, but still it's all right. It's not a bad movie. It's just what I'm getting at is people are very prejudgmental. And uh, I, I think that's a shame because I think Robert Pattinson has a lot to offer. You know, every actor has to start somewhere. It just so happened that he started on a fucking franchise. You know, look at Daniel Radcliffe. How is Daniel Radcliffe any different? Him trying to escape Harry Potter over 20 years later, he's still Harry Potter. You know? Yeah, but, but the difference between him and Robert Pattinson is Daniel Radcliffe can look back on that franchise fondly sure and he still embraces that and he's actually very responsible with the ongoing fandom of that role because you know like he'd done some things to address uh the controversy of jk rowling's you know anti-trans rhetoric and you know he was he was very professional and graceful in how he handled that he also did a bunch of indie films but he didn't do them to try to escape Harry Potter per se. Like maybe that was a part of a motivator when he was younger, but really he's just having fun because he can. Like 
He's one I, of those I, who's an actor because he wants to be, because it's like a dream job for him. Sure. Whereas with sure. Robert Pattinson uh, and Twilight, Twilight was terrible. It was yeah. terrible. Right, but that, but that, but the thing is, is that that is a huge multi-billion-dollar franchise. But it, you have to understand too that it wasn't just terrible from a story standpoint or like how the movie was done. It was terrible for him from a personal standpoint. Like you know, he had he ended up having a very public relationship with a female lead, and that did not go well. And no. you know, all the backlash in the media associated with their personal lives, as well as yeah. Twilight being what Twilight is. I mean, there's there can't be much positive for him to look back on from that franchise. Right. Other than it made him more recognizable than he otherwise would have been. And I understand what you're saying. And I and I and I, and I, I guess I get what you mean about the comparison of him to Daniel Radcliffe and where they started to where it is now. I get that. I just think that it's very unfair to single an actor out for doing a role you know, for comparing them just to something that they did when they were first getting started, you know, and it just so happened that in Robert Pattinson's case, he was cast in a role that blew up worldwide, where they made multiple films, multiple books, and he was forever seen as this vampire character. But now the fact that he is really trying, like you said, he's trying to separate himself from that to prove that he is more than just this fucking vampire. And I think he's done an amazing job in his career doing that to this point and now that he's going to be batman i mean my only worry is is that he might fall back into playing the same character over and over and over again which i don't think is really robert pattison's style but i don't think that'll happen like batman is is no edward <laughs> i mean you're right at the very least i'll probably get at least three three batman films that seems to be the the ongoing thing these days now but we'll see well again we'll see we don't know how it's going to turn out i hope i hope it's great because it's a solid cast amazing characters are coming on screen we're going to get the riddler again in the batman movie and the penguin so i'm excited for that yeah i'm in, i'm willing to give it a shot you know i think he is absolutely going to be able to continue to distance himself from that original trilogy that he did uh kristen stewart i think has done a really good job of distancing mm-hmm. herself uh, from yeah. that, from those movies. The first movie I saw her in was she portrayed a young Joan Jett in the movie, The Runaways. And I thought, I thought she, she did, did a, a good great job. fucking job. So that was my first Kristen Stewart movie. And I've, I'm like, I thought she did great. So I'm not gonna go back and, and sully any of my positive opinions of these young actors by going back and watching something that they're not all that proud of. So I'm looking forward to the Batman and to kind of see where where we go with these characters and these versions sure. of these characters. So me too. All right. We're going to start wrapping this up, but real quick, let's hit up a few of the voiceover bats. Um, I got this list from Screen Rant. So we'll just kind of go down real quick. I put them uh, in an order of probably most recognizable, most notable. So sure. obviously Kevin Conroy voices uh, the nineties Batman, Bruce Wayne in the animated series called Batman, the animated series. And, and he got to play Bruce Wayne in a CW uh, Arrowverse crossover episode. And it was an older Batman in the exoskeleton suit, an Mm -hmm. older, definitely that darker uh, Bruce, because Uh 
he has he has like his trophy case and he's got a broken Riddler staff, a bloody Joker card and someone's glasses, I think. But I was really happy for him that he got to take the the voice work and got to actually portray the man uh, on screen. So yeah. mm-hmm. have to acknowledge he that it. he absolutely deserved it. I thought that was great that uh, they incorporated him when they started doing all the multiverse stuff. So yeah. he is um, my Batman, Bruce Wayne. There, there is no him. You when you hear Batman's voice, you probably think of Christian Bale's, but in reality. Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman Mm -hmm. and he will forever be that voice. And I, yeah, I have nothing but respect for Kevin Conroy and how he has brought, how he has portrayed the character. Yep. And then in uh, 2016, the original uh, famous on-screen Batman, Bruce Wayne, Adam West comes back to Mm -hmm. voice the character in Batman, the return of the Caped Crusaders, which I am so mad that I did not get to watch that, but I played the trailer for Timmy. And once they started dropping the puns and then his little safety thing about watching it, like looking both ways before you cross the street, he's like, (laughs) all right, all right, we can, we can definitely watch this sometime. So, Oh, that movie, that movie was just takes you right back to the show. It was, it was really well done and I enjoyed it immensely. That's great. Did Burt Ward do the voice of Robin? Yes. He did? Oh, that's amazing. And then there was, and I'm not going to pronounce the last name correctly, I'm sure, but David uh, Giantioli. He's voices uh, in 2021 Batman, Soul of the Dragon. He's probably most known for his lead role in the show Grimm. And apparently he was in Grey's Anatomy for those that are into that kind of thing. Batman, Soul of the Dragon. Is that the one that's like the samurai story? You mean... Batman Ninja or Ninja Batman? Yeah, Ninja Batman. No, no. <laughs> that, that okay. one's Ninja Batman, I think. Ninja Batman is Felix's favorite. And speaking of Felix, he made a realization the other night that made me laugh so hard. I fell on the floor. La- I fell on the floor laughing. It was just... so uh, he realized that Dick is another term for penis or PP as he calls it. And Robin's real name is Dick. <laughs> Oh, he no. really! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh. What you gonna do? It's only I a matter of time, right? Laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yep. you just laugh at it. So not Batman Ninja. Got it. Not yeah. <laughs> so this one I didn't know, but motherfucking RoboCop voices Batman in two thousand twenty-one. Oh. The Dark Knight Returns double feature. So these had yep. 2021 dates. I haven't seen them. I don't know if they have are out yet, but I was like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to have to watch that. Peter Weller voicing Batman. I need to hear it. I need to hear it. And then uh, Laura had mentioned uh, Jensen Ackles as in uh, mm-hmm. voicing Batman in 2021 Batman, The Long Halloween. He also mm-hmm. voices uh, Jason Todd in 2010 under, under the red, red hood. hood yeah that was yeah. confusing for me because i i watched them re- relatively close together <laughs> <laughs> i think jensen has a great would have a great uh batman voice yeah there's that grittiness to it that works pretty well and then ben mckenzie who played uh jim gordon in the show gotham he oh, yeah. voices uh he does the voice in 2011 batman year one um, and then Will Arnett 
as Lego Batman. Yes. Hilarity, hilarity. Dude, Will Arnett did a great job as Batman. Did he? Not? I got a He really leans into that voice, and he's also lost his voice <laughs> while doing the Batman voice because it's first already- try. <laughs> <laughs> I got to compliment Ben McKenzie real quick, though, because he has a tremendous amount of respect for the Batman storyline, Batman universe. And I think he did a great job making Gotham as successful as it was because he did go on to be a producer of that show as well. And he was pretty, pretty great as Gordon. So, you know, all around, I've enjoyed his his contribution to the Batman universe. But Will Arnett makes me laugh. And yeah, so, you know. As far as Lego Batman goes, I can't imagine anyone else anymore. <laughs> I know, right? There you go. I love all the Lego movies, any Lego anything. I love the Lego video games. A- aside from stepping on a Lego, I love all things Lego. So <laughs> <That's> fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. All right, we did it. We went through our list. We hit them all. What do you think, guys? Any stray observations, last shout outs, anything you- we didn't get to, fun facts or anything? I had, a, I, had to, I mean, if you, if there's time, I do have a couple of Alfred facts here that I wrote down. If you're interested in them, um, nothing too crazy. Otherwise, you know, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Why don't you drop some, uh, Alfred fun facts on us and then we'll, okay. uh, yeah, kind of wrap it up. After yeah, that. So, Sounds so good. won't be anything that takes too much time. First off, I thought I did. I just, I never realized this, but Alfred's full name is not just Alfred Pennyworth. His full name. And I'm probably going to butcher this is Alfred Theodos Crane Pennyworth. So I thought that was kind of cool. Theodos, neat. Again, I'm probably butchering that. The Deus. Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Is it Thaddeus? I bet it's Thaddeus. Thank you. Okay, yep, it's Thaddeus. Alfred Thaddeus Crane. How are you saying it before? Thaddeus. The Deus. The Deus. I don't know. I'm a Deus. I'm a Deus. I'm not too well familiar with that with that name, but there you but go. But wait, you. Crane is a last name. Like, is he related to Scarecrow? Uh, maybe. <gasps> Ooh, some multiverse shit going on there. Oh Who knows? Ooh. Maybe. This one I we find to, to be rewrite our musical funny. episode. Or musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> Laura and I wrote a, a musical episode for Gotham years ago, back uh, during Cube Life, and. It was hilarious and it involved Scarecrow because yeah, you know, how else are you going to get everyone to sing and dance? Right? Drugs. I I like it. Drugs. Drugs. Drugs will do it. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So this is kind of a cool one. You mentioned earlier that he was part of the, that uh, uh, Alfred was in the military and he was, he was part of the, uh, part of the special forces. And there was a comic book uh, uh, series where he actually teamed up with Bane Bane did not realize that he was Batman's what? butler, though. He did not realize he was Batman's butler. And they teamed up together to kill an army, uh, an, uh, an army of vampire-like creatures. And this was through the Batman Eternal number 31. That was it. Batman Eternal 31. Him and Bane teamed up to kill vampires. I need this so, comic book. And also, is it Smart Bane or Dumb Bane? Because this is the <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. And is it Alfred? Is it Alfred Alfred? Or is it like his superhero moniker, the the was it the macaroni noodle or what was it? It was Harley Quinn. Remember? I think it's Harley Quinn when we find out what happened to Batman that one day and then there was someone fighting crime on his behalf, but it had like the giant wig and it was Alfred. 
it was oh yeah it's a take on that old um i don't think it was a feather in his cap and call it macaroni (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my goodness gracious (laughs) but still that is that's great wow that was good all right this is my last one and this one actually i found to be really cool i've never heard of this book and I want to find it now because it sounds like an interesting story. So this was written by Neil Gaiman of all people. Whoa, he's done, a lot. He, he's done a lot in the DC within the DC he universe. Has. He, he he actually has, and this particular story is called "Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader." Mm. Now I've only read a brief synopsis of this, so I don't know everything about it. But from what I'm gathering, this is what it's about. Somehow Bruce Wayne is witnessing his own funeral. And given the eulogy, eulogies at his funeral are his rogue gallery. So Penguin, Catwoman, Riddler, Joker, and Alfred is also given his eulogy as well. And Alfred's eulogy is what made me very interested in this. Because apparently in this storyline, from what I'm gathering, Batman, Bruce Wayne, was not actually a great detective. And he was not a great crime fighter either. He failed oh. a lot of times trying to stop crime oh i love this so what alfred did because this what happened with this is this brought bruce wayne to a a very deep depression and because of this and how much he loves bruce wayne and wants to see see him happy he decided to hire his actor friends to play the role of the rogues gallery so alfred hired actors to portray the penguin catwoman riddler and Alfred took on the role of the Joker himself. So the greatest adversary in Batman's entire history was actually his butler in this story. And when Bruce Wayne is witnessing his own funeral, he learns the truth about what has been going on and who he's been fighting. All right. Adding to list. What was the oh title my again? God. That's just Alfred feeding into Bruce's particular brand of psychosis. Oh, my God. Oh, there's so much wrong with that. I love it. So Alfred said in this, he, he's like, I feel the Batman had no purpose. So I had to do something to help, to, I had to help something to help him with something in his depressive state. So I, I, I think that's very interesting that, that this sub story exists and I really want to read it because I've never heard of it until just now. Also, that just reaffirms my earlier assertion that Sherlock Holmes is the world's greatest detective. <laughs> damn right he is. So thank you, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, you guys, this has been amazing. This has been it's a good. lot of fun. That's been great. I knew I said I know I said I wanted to keep it recording time under two hours. I knew we were going to go through. Come on, let's be honest. But we did a really good job. That's going to be common with our DC conversations though. So I think we just need to accept it. Likely, likely. This has been, this has been great. And I can't wait for us to do our next uh, DC roundup and we'll pick a different character set of characters to kind of maybe focus on a bit, but this is a lot, a lot of fun. I fucking love it so, so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But real quick before we pop off, what's been streaming in y'all's bubble? Uh, I finally watched Squid Game and I really enjoyed it. Oh, I gotta get on that. I'm recording Squid Game with my brother tomorrow, so I'm very, very oh, excited. Nice. Fantastic. Nice. Other than that, um, just started the live action version of uh, Cowboy Bebop. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, we gotta start that. I'm interested that to, in that too. 
that looks so oh god and john cho's looking good i know and i'm like john cho why do i know him where is he from harold and kumar yeah oh he's come a long way since then (laughs) but yeah i'm we watched the first episode last night and i really enjoyed it um so i'm I'm looking forward to watching the rest other than that i finished watching the latest season of you and it's as fucked up as ever I, I highly recommend giving it a try because I really want to know what you think. Yeah. I told you next year. <laughs> That's fine. You you'll might finally be able to get me to watch it. I don't know why I haven't. I just haven't. I, I just am sometimes a shit and an asshole when it comes to what. Hey, what I'm to like watch. that with Arrowverse. So, you know, I understand. Mm-hmm. We'll get you. <laughs> Eric, what about you? I'm not really streaming anything new right now. I feel like um, there's not a whole lot of new stuff that's, I mean, there's stuff I want to watch. I just haven't gotten around to it. Like Squid Game, for instance, Um, I'm going to get to that. It's on my list. I just haven't had the time. But um, mainly I've been getting, going through uh, Doctor Who again, getting completely caught up on the Peter Capaldi and Jodie Whittaker years. So that's that's happening. Um, So I'm watching a lot of that. I'm also watching like a lot of the great british bake-off oh me too <laughs> <laughs> that show is definitely a guilty pleasure of mine i really, really i'm not guilty it. about it's like, it it's like the friendliest it's like the friendliest competition show i have ever seen in my life and i really really like it otherwise yeah i guess there's just not too much else i'm streaming at the moment just stuff that i'm the main stuff i've been watching is mainly stuff for the podcast so i can be prepared for our shows because i know we got other stuff coming up soon but uh yeah um that's about it right on yeah i haven't had a chance to really watch anything outside of pod prep so it's been this last week has been uh the bats uh like i said i'm recording squid game with my brother tomorrow and i've already watched the show twice (laughs) wow i don't know i'm a masochist (laughs) i don't know if i could do that twice right away at least i yeah it, it yeah i did i heard it's really bad in english dub so what you have to do is when you watch it, do not watch it with the closed captioning on. You have to go into your audio mm-hmm. settings and change it to English subtitles. Do not watch okay. it dubbed. Do not do closed caption, but pick subtitles. Okay. Just That's subtitles. good to know because I made that mistake yeah. at one point. Okay. See, I, he- I heard all of that stuff before I went into watching the show. So I yeah. went in and I did all of that. Got it. Okay. That's good to know. I'll remember that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. I think maybe we'll try and start Cowboy Bebop's the, the live action soon ish. Cause I'm very excited about that one and I'm not paying attention too much to what critics are saying. I've seen a few headlines right. where I'm just like, yeah, get your, pull your fucking head out of your ass. I'll tell you what though. I'm really looking forward to the Witcher season two. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh God. See, see normalized beefy dudes. I watch it for the, I watch it for the story. No, I I do. Also, also the story. I watch it for the pets. (laughs) I mean the plot. And then Letterkenny announced their new season will drop uh, the day after Christmas. So that's what I appreciate about them. Cause y'all know I love my Letterkenny. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. So. All right. Well, until we are back again, gibbering on about either Doctor Who or DC characters or something completely different. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome. Thanks for having us. And thank you, Bubblies, for listening and keep streaming. Bye. 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 Bye.
If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.